We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid Death. Are you thirsty? Parched? Do you like dark and eerie sinister names for your beverages? Then you'll love Liquid Death. Go to liquiddeath.com, use the promo code BIGBLUE for a refreshing beverage ahead of Halloween Blue Wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined as always my co-host Nick Pilato. We're here to break down the Giants' all-22 defense against the Jaguars. The one thing we always promise to be on this show is objective. And one thing we always promise to be is to not hide the bad with the good and by only promoting the good. There's a lot of people out there who just promote the good, who get angry when you talk about the bad. It's just never going to be us. And I'll be honest, yesterday I talked about it, Nick. I said, if you break this thing down into 14ths, uh, you know, you say the offense week one, the, the defense week one. The offense week one, the defense week two. The offense... This game against the Jaguars was the best film I watched. The defense this game for the Giants against the Jaguars was the worst film that I watched so far this season. There's no way to sugarcoat this. The Giants found a way to hold them to 17 points with a lot of bit of luck, if I'm going to be honest. The ETN fumble, man. I mean, that's a bad, bad play by the Giants. You ask anyone who evaluates film, you ask Wink Martindale, you ask the linebackers, they did not fit that run at all. It It was a horrific play on defense. And then ETN held it pretty poorly. McKinney knocks it out, takes seven points off the board. The third and one, fourth and one situation was pretty awkward, pretty poorly handled. And then Trevor Lawrence himself missed a few touchdown throws that led to three points. And so the Jaguars started this game with four straight drives of 70 plus yards, not including the halftime thing where they just ran out of time. And ultimately the Giants did do a decent job, better job in the second half. So we'll get to that. We'll show you the progression on the defense, but there is, just way too many examples here of the Giants linebackers letting them down. It's becoming a massive issue, this, this linebacker play. And it's not just Tate Crowder. It's Jalen Smith as well. They're out of position. They're being beat. And it's not like the Jacksonville Jaguars are just owning the point of attack and dominating up front. This is not that good of an offensive line. Though, one thing I did learn on film, Nick, this offensive line somehow, some way, is much better in pass protection than I ever thought they could be on paper going into the season, the Jackson Jaguars. But in the run game, it wasn't like they're winning double teams. They're mauling them up front. It was just the same old thing this Giants defense is now getting exposed with in most of their games. Perimeter runs, linebackers out of position, linebackers not scraping over the top, bad run fits, players t- uh, you know, going take not cutting off the angle and forcing runs back inside. We'll see that on the big Travis Etienne 47-yard run. They play that as poorly as you can play that from you know the D backs at the end of at the end of the line of scrimmage by not 
forcing him back inside. And to be honest, Nick, there were even two or three examples. One was a Jones on an end around and one with Travis Etienne where they missed big holes where they should have got vertical and exploited the Giants for either touchdowns on cutbacks or bigger runs. And they just ran poorly. Like the Giants got very lucky in this game too, that the Jaguars ran poorly. And we'll go over that as well. So some things I learned in this game, man, this Giants defense, the linebackers, this can't be it. Like it's now moved way up my list of things that I want to upgrade either this offseason or potentially the trade deadline. Because it's not, it's no longer just take Crowder issue. It's a Jake take Crowder and Jalen Smith issue. And there's simply no one behind them that we would trust more than those two. And it's not like Landon Collins is just going to magically become a linebacker this season. He'll be used in interesting ways, and we'll go over that. But he's not going to be their Mike linebacker or their Sam linebacker. Um, and so, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. There's a lot to talk about. But one other thing I wanted to say about this game, just as we before we dive into it, just something I learned on film. The Jaguars do a really good job, Nick, with the play fakes. And not only with the play fakes, but with creating a vertical passing game despite not needing that much time. You know, like everyone always says, you can't throw a vertical passing game if your old line stinks or if your line doesn't give you a lot of time. I don't know, man. The Jaguars took a lot of vertical. And I mean, when I say vertical, I include intermediate shots, not just bombs, like that kind of like 11 to 20 yard range or more. And it was kind of quick stuff. I mean, it's not quick game, but it's like the ball was out pretty fast on a lot of those shots. And it was really just scheme. And it was Giants linebackers not dropping the depth and the open passing lanes, as we've seen. So, man, this is a messy tape. We'll go over it. But but I had to start off by saying that, Nick, because I had some extra time to watch this back. So we started a little later than expected. And it's just you could see it. The, this is just not a good game on tape for the Giants defense. This is easily... I think the worst defensive performance we've seen through seven games under Wink Martindale, it was a mess from a run fit standpoint, like an absolute unmitigated mess. And also in coverage, there were so much coverage mishaps and so many plays where I was just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you even aligned in that manner? A lot of just misaligned players before the snap, a lot of scrambling from the New York Giants before the snap, defensive linemen moving to the left, like Nick Williams moving to the weak side, running down the line of scrimmage, Giants second level defenders not being in place, not being sure of what their assignments are. This was a really horrendous defensive performance, yet the Giants still only surrender 17 <laughs> yeah. points. Like it's pretty unique how the New York Giants are winning these football games because I think the blueprint to beat the Giants right now is on full display, it was set in week three against right. Dallas. It was you use those lateral runs. Can't run up the middle. Jags barely tried to run up the middle because Dexter. Why Lawrence would you with Dexter Lawrence? Yeah, exactly. So what do you do? You go out on the edges. You force those edges to be very disciplined with their technique. And you also block them in a variety of different ways. And you also force those linebackers to get in position while moving laterally. It was a mess the entire game. Jalen Smith, this was probably the worst linebacker game I've seen this season. And Tay Crowder has been a starter in every game. And that's how bad Jalen Smith actually was in this game. Yeah. It sucks to say, because we, we, you know, we, we gave Jalen Smith some praise and it, he's made, he has athleticism. He brings athleticism around there. Like you see on some of the wheel routes that he covers, he does a pretty good job of recovering. Like he's okay in those spots, but like one area I thought Jalen Smith would be better in that. He's just simply not is as a blitzer. He just has not been effective as a blitzer. And it's not like they're not using him as a blitzer. Right but he's just not effective as a blitzer. And he runs right into the guy. You're not going to bull yeah. rush somebody who is 300 right. pounds. Like you, you got to work the half man. Yep. He's trying to swim over the top of guys who are like six foot five. If he's that much taller than you don't swim over the top of him and try to work to the half man, attack the half man to begin with, man. Like just little simple stuff like that, that is, is irritating and frustrating to see on film, but it happened a lot in this game. 
and, and you waste the player. Like, you know, this guy could be dropping coverage into a passing lane. And then we see all these open passing lanes on film, and you have Jalen Smith uses a blitzer, for example, or whoever they use. Sometimes it's Crowder, but it really was Smith a lot of the time. And it's just a wasted play and a wasted player. Um, so you see a lot of that. I like that you brought up that the Giants were not even aligned right before the snap in a lot of plays. How many plays did we see on film that we're going to go over in a moment where they're just like scrambling, like you said, perfectly, Nick, before the snap? Like, why were they so so uh, not set for a lot of this game? That I don't know. And I wonder why, like, a lot of the things we saw earlier in the season that really worked for the Giants, like those simulated pressures, for example, we didn't see much of that in this game. And in addition to that, we didn't really see much pressure at all against Trevor no. Lawrence. And again, it's not like this is some elite Jaguars offensive line. I actually thought the offensive line for the Jags, again, before the season, I haven't followed them closely as a team, but this was supposed to be a pretty bad offensive line on paper. Like Cam Robinson's been okay at best. The rest, they have Brandon Sheriff and that. I thought it was like Brandon Sheriff and that's about it. So I really thought this could be an opportunity for the Giants to actually get some pressure in this game. There's just no pressure in this game. No simulated pressures. The linebacker play was beyond atrocious in this game, to be completely honest with you. Um, and you guys will see this. And, you know, we just promised this cult like it is. And I am, I, I'll be honest, I'm, I've become very, very worried about this defense right now. I know, look, you look at it just on paper and you say, wow, the Giants won a football game. They only allowed 17 points. The defense must have played pretty damn good. Wink Martindale, he's the best. But when you watch the tape, it tells a different story. And sometimes the tape actually can better, I would say, predict the future than just like looking at the box score, looking at the total game score. And it's like, oh, 17 points, Giants hit great. Because let's be honest, dude, I know that I said earlier this week, the Giants have not gotten that lucky. I would say this was probably one of their more lucky games. Like that Travis Etienne fumble stands out the most. Like it's a bad defensive play that somehow they get rewarded on by, in a huge way. And you brought it up a couple times too. Jacksonville made so many just dumb decisions in terms of running the football and leveraging their vision. Zay Jones end around in the beginning of the game. Terrible. Oh. The first run by Travis Etienne, he could have cut that up and had a much bigger gain. The Christian Kirk play where Nick McLeod makes a really great individual effort to tackle him and stop him to force a third and one and then a fourth and one that ended up on a turnover on downs. I don't know why Christian Kirk decided to cut that back yeah. upfield. Just go to the sideline and get the he first down. down like, and cuts it up. You're you're so right about that. That's game over. You're not game over, but that's a bad, you know, that could be game over. And I'll say this too, man. Like the Giants really benefited from Jacksonville shooting themselves in the foot. And the Giants were an absolute mess on defense as well. But we're seeing what the Giants want to do defensively, and it's become a trend now. They lead the league right now in quarter defense. And not quarters, quarter defense, meaning no inside linebackers on the field. Eight defensive backs, okay, on the football field. They want to put Landon Collins in the middle. Maybe that role will expand, but that's the only time this Giants defense was was respectable, I think, in this game was when they were in quarter. When when Jacksonville, for whatever reason, strayed away from the rushing attack, even though they had the lead in some of these plays, and went empty. That's when the Giants handled their business well defensively. Other than that, it was not a sight to see. Yeah, and I, I just want to be clear on something Nick just said, because a lot of people, uh, you know, we say quarter and quarters a lot. So I think it can get super confusing when we say quarters, like as a plural with the S, we're just talking about a specific type of coverage. When he's talking about quarter, that's like a package, a defensive personnel package that the Giants are pretty unique in using. Like, I don't see too many other teams using this. And I thought I it was that right here. I have the stat right yeah. here. The New York they Giants, lead the league, right? They lead the league in quarter and they run it 10.5% of the time. And the next closest team is Vegas with 2.9. And wow, that's a huge, huge jump over the next team. Patrick Graham's defense, actually, which is surprising in some ways, um, I would think, based on what we saw with the Giants. But 
you know, like you said, it's been successful. A lot of their big third down stops early in the season came out of this personnel package. But in this game, it's like partially, you see, I think partially the reason they're using that so much is because they've had such unreliable linebacker play. Like, again, we gave Jalen Smith some praise earlier in the season. The more I watch Jalen Smith on tape, the more I see why he was cut by the Cowboys unsigned and the Giants picked him up. Right. Like it's, 100%. they wanted. They wanted to do something this year. It's not like they did nothing. They, they drafted McFadden and Beavers. They didn't do anything on day one or day two in the draft. They did spend a couple dart throws there. But as we move forward to this next offseason, I, I keep reevaluating what I want them to do from a roster building standpoint. And, and the more I think about it, man, the more I feel like, you know what? How many teams can burn you when you have a Fabian Moreau out there in quarter, at cornerback too, right? Like it seems so bad on paper, but there aren't that many teams these days who are throwing the ball very consistently in the vertical game. Like there's just bad quarterback play across the NFL. But when you have linebackers like this, you can get exploited so easily with what a lot of teams are doing, including the Giants right now with Kafka on offense, which is misdirection, which is the end arounds, which is like perimeter run game to try to get explosive plays in the run game. And so right now, the Giants, in my opinion, don't have much of an answer for it. Like you can say you can change all these things in the scheme. Maybe they can get better edge setting from Thibodeau and Jihad Ward and maybe Ojolari when he comes back eventually, whenever that is, though this injury can, is a lingerer, in lingering injury. But nothing's going to really change at linebacker in my mind. This is what they're stuck with. And I just, and that's why you're, like you said, you're seeing so much quarter. And we'll get into it on the film, man, but you guys aren't going to, this is not like the fun film to watch tonight. Well, we'll see. There's some, uh, look, in the second half, the Giants did tighten up in some spots on D and they made some plays and, and it'll be fun to go over those for certain. But the first, the first four possessions, not including that like Hail Mary possession where they just ran out of time are freaking ugly, man. They're bad football. And then right away in the third quarter, ETN hits that big run. So, which is also played horrifically. So we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, I say we just jump right into it yep. now, and there's going to be a lot of negativity here, and it's not Dan and I just being down on the New York Giants. We're just calling it like it is, and I'm sure Thank if you're sitting in Wink Martindale's meeting room today on Monday and Tuesday going over the film, yeah. he would say the same thing. I'm sure that they're well aware of it, and they're going to do everything in their power to stop it, and I can assure you that Seattle is well aware of it, and that's something that I am deathly afraid of right now. Yep, you're right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You may see your coworkers cracking open a can in your 9 a.m. stand-up meeting and think, you're drinking? It's a Tuesday afternoon. I get it. We're stuck in this meeting room. But you can't be drinking beer at work. Oh, it's most likely not beer. It's a new Mountain Spring water brand called Liquid Death. 
One may wonder, or even ask, why is it called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. So, like a famous television character whose show shares the name of a star defensive lineman on the Giants with the last name Lawrence, this drink is killing to save. How altruistic. It tastes good, it's refreshing, Everyone should go and try it. It kind of looks like an energy drink, but it is just water. So please go get Liquid Death at your local Whole Foods Market, Target, and Stop and Shop stores or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com. Use the promo code BIGBLUE. So that's liquiddeath.com slash BIGBLUE. What's going on, Big Blue Banter listeners? Do you like to place bets and find ways to optimize your betting experience? Well, then OddsTrader.com is the place for you. OddsTrader is a place to compare odds from all the major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. OddsTrader offers handicapping, play-by-play updates, player statistics, key game statistics, live scoring and tracking, projected game day, weather, and Bet Tracker allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activity. So if you like to place bets and you want to get the most out of that experience, go to oddstrader.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. That's oddstrader.com slash BLUEWIRE. OddsTrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. So we'll roll forward here. First and 10. This is the six play 70-yard touchdown drive for the Jaguars right after the Giants scored their touchdown. Starts off with a nice little hole shot here by Trevor Lawrence. Um, You know, you can kind of see throughout this game, Lawrence missed some throws, but he also made some really nice throws, in my opinion, this being one of them, just the velocity to put this in. But what's going on here with the coverage here? What? Why is this made so easy? I think if I had to guess, and I've talked it over with people who are smart when it comes to football, that Fabian Moreau makes a mistake here. I think that's what yeah. ends up happening. Because somebody has to cover this out route, and you have Christian Kirk who's motioning and then just going to the flat. Presumably, that's going to be the player that Jalen Smith is going to have to pay attention to. And then you have Xavier McKinney opening up to that initial number one receiver on the outside. And you see how McKinney has his eyes on that streaking route. I'm not sure why Fabian Moreau kind of sinks unless he's going to sink underneath that player and they double team him, but that's going to leave 17 wide op- wide open on this three level right. read, which is a very commonly run passing concept in the NFL. So Jalen Smith, there's no way he's going to be able to cover 17. And since Christian Kirk motioned over to the direction towards the sideline, that would presumably be where right. Jalen Smith is supposed to be. So who is taking 17 and Fabian Moreau does not take him. So I think this is just a mistake on Fabian Moreau and the giants end up double teaming Zay Jones and leaving Evan Ingram essentially wide open. Yeah, there's a double team on the receiver running the vertical, but then there's two underneath receivers and only one linebacker to cover them. So you have two guys, essentially with that coverage breakdown, you have two Giants defending one receiver, and then you have one guy, Jalen Smith, forced to defend two guys. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. And I think this is just one of many coverage mishaps that we're going to see throughout this film, and it started early on the first play of the game. Then you get a really nice luck, I would call it, for the Giants. Not luck, it's just going against the running back who has trouble processing. ETN, really, really horrific job on this one. The Giants got very lucky here. 
ETN needs to get that ball and just press vertically. Like this is the Absolutely. first one I saw. There's some bad ETN runs. ETN is an explosive player. He's an interesting prospect. He's good in space, but he needs, he just runs right into contact there when he should be going immediately vertical. And look at that. Like if he just gets it's vertical there. There's a chance that that's a Dory Jackson, by the way, coming over. That's 22. That's not a safety. That's a corner. Who's basically the only Mike at that point. Like the only guy in the middle of the field. Cause Crowder takes a step with the, with the misdirection gets washed up. And I'm just not sure what the New York Giants are are doing here. Because you have Tay Crowder, who is well outside. He's over 75 right there. And you have really nobody if 85, yeah. which he does, runs in the flat. You have nobody to at the second level right here. Like, look, you have two blockers Crazy. and there's one giant, Nick Williams. Like, it's actually really impressively bad that Travis Etienne only got one yard on this play. It is. Because when you look, you're look 100% at that picture right there. <laughs> just look at that picture. Look how many Jaguars are there compared to Giants. Adore, like you have the double team right there on Dexter Lawrence. And Dexter Lawrence is also the two technique to the backside of the play. So easy double team and climb situation. And then you have a Dory Jackson kind of following Evan Ingram, as you guys can see on the screen. And it would be a Dory Jackson in the hole against ETM. But I think ETM has enough space to hit this right off right. the ass of Nick Williams. And then you have 74 Cam Robinson in space to climb up to the second level. Like right. this could have been a huge run to start the game by Travis Etienne. And Etienne has some wow plays in this game, but he also has some just absolute wow, man. This is definitely your rookie season, even though he's a second year player, but he missed his rookie season with the foot injury. Yeah. And he, again, in space, he's a really interesting player. We'll see it later. He has acceleration, he has cutback moves, but his vision is not there. His processing is not there. And so the Giants got a little lucky there. It sets up a second and 19 where once again, the Giants second get lucky. A second and nine. Sorry. Where once again, the Giants get really lucky here because this is a 14-yard gain. And it's crazy to say they got lucky in a 14-yard gain. But watch as Nick runs this play in. I have absolutely no clue in my mind. Yeah, you, it's even better from the sideline angle too. Why Zay Jones gets this football and doesn't just get vertical there. Can you imagine if he gets vertical a few steps back, just plants his foot, drives vertically? That could be potentially a touchdown if it's if the blocks are held like and that and the guy in front of him gets that that last level defender like or at very least this is going to be like a 25 35 yard run instead for some reason he tries to go outside here the Giants get very lucky with a really poor vision from Zay Jones on this one look at it right there I mean that's crazy how poorly played this is for the Giants like imagine having that many blockers out in front of that few defenders in that much space but again luckily Zay Jones takes a poor angle here and I'm just not certain, like even if you see it from the end zone angle, what the Giants yeah. are doing to contain here with the blockers. And then you have Darnay Holmes out there. And maybe Kayvon Thibodeau makes a mistake. I'm not sure. Because like you have Evan Ingram in a two-point stance. Yeah, Evan. And then Kayvon Thibodeau kind of goes inside. And Zay Jones outruns him. And now you have look Evan that. Ingram going out in space <laughs> with Darnay Holmes. And look look right here. You can see it. Zay Jones Why at this is, point. Oh, my God, Zay Jones. At this what point, are Zay you Jones. doing? I'm not sure, man. Look, like Tay Crowder, <laughs> he's eliminated from the play. Christian handling Darnay Holmes. And you have a lead blocker in Evan Ingram. This could easily have been a touchdown if Zay Jones just cuts it up here. Yeah. But for whatever reason, he tries to run outside of the block where the contained defender is running outside, <laughs> basically getting blocked out of the play. And he got 14-yard gain. You're right. That's great. And I love the hustle by Kayvon Thibodeau here to track yeah, Zay Jones down. This could have been a touchdown. Again, yeah, look, look at the lack of hustle from Kayvon Tim. It's such a stupid freaking narrative. I remember that narrative. He doesn't hustle. He doesn't run down plays. I mean, everybody saw the Justin Tuck-esque play he had against ETN, which we'll show later. But that's another good one that I didn't even say. I didn't, I didn't have that one of my notes, but I like that as another good hustle play. But really poorly played by the Giants. and Very, very lucky that that one wasn't big. Here we go into a first and 10 situation. Another yep. miscommunication, man. 
what are the, what are the Giants doing from a defensive standpoint where they're going to drop Julian Love and Fabian Moreau right here on this little right. post type of why? Like, what does Julian Love do? And I'm not sure of the the exact assignment because he's aligned over this number three, and the number three runs a horizontal crosser. And then from the backside with the nub linebacker, Evan Ingram, you have a Dory Jackson playing off by about 10 yards-ish, slight outside shade. Evan Ingram runs a drag route, and now you have a Dory Jackson chasing him all the way across the field because the linebackers, yeah. the linebackers, they're, they're, there's no rule or it wasn't executed on an under call. I'm guessing there was no rule in place for this play because Adore Jackson actually chases and doesn't make any call. And then you have Jalen Smith trying to point the under call and it just to who's who? he pointing it to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to like, 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 I just don't know what the Giants are doing here. Like, take Crowder goes to wall off the number three and then he kind of sinks underneath that, but nobody really takes 17 other than Adore Jackson who's not in position to. And then Julian Love, I just don't know why they're double teaming the number one receiver who's running the post on the post wheel right. route. It's just what, what do you, what exactly are you doing? What are you trying to accomplish? Why are there already so many miscommunications? And this ends up going for a, what an 11 yard catch to Christian Kirk who sits right in between of Jalen Smith and Tay Crowder. And Jalen Smith is just lost on this play. I, I don't know if this was all Jalen Smith's fault. It was, seems to be a lot of issues in, in terms of yeah. the secondary and, and the this coverage. Jaguars offense put up over 400 yards of offense against the Giants, and they didn't come into this game cooking by any means. Like, they really, this was not an offense that was playing that great football. They had multiple bad games out of the two of their last three, I believe it was, the Jaguars. And a lot of it is, like you said, on this first drive already, there's communication issues for the Giants. They're out of place already on a lot of these plays. Um, and as you're seeing here, this one's really bad as well, this little screen. Why? Take a look at Jalen Smith on this. Like, where so first of all Jalen Smith is dropping all the way into coverage to cover what to get to depth against what one guy running around with two giants already in coverage so the giants have three guys dropping into coverage here against one guy running around and it leaves the screen wide open it's a horrendous who's, who's, to, who's is he in charge of arnold like that's my question for you nick who is supposed to be having contain on arnold i would it's imagine it I would imagine it's Jalen Smith here. It's a play action pass and the Jags do a good job using Zay Jones on a jet motion again. Like they just handed the football off earlier on the right. drive. So they use that again, just for eye candy to get the defense to maybe slightly shift and hesitate, but there's an eligible receiver here and it's a wing back Dan Arnold, right. Jalen Smith. That's Jalen Smith's assignment, but for whatever reason off the play action, Jalen Smith sinks to a depth and almost robots. But like you said, man, the giants have like a quarters type yeah. of coverage here. They don't, they don't need to take Christian Kirk. You have Fabian Morel on outside leverage and the safety. Look at him. He's looking directly at Christian Kirk. So right. that's the player that is going to be read by these deep defenders. I'm just not sure what Jalen Smith thought here and, and why he abandoned his assignment. Man, the giants end up paying here because they're not disciplined. And this is a timely call because Doug Peterson doesn't know that Jalen Smith is just going to completely right. abandon his assignment. And at this point look, in the game, he gets blocked down there. Like he, he's too late at that point. He's, he's out of the play and the blockers can get out ahead and take him. Look, at, he has no, no chance there. And there's nobody else to even make a play there. Giants like uh, eventually they rally 24 and stop. Yard gain, man, 24 right. yard gain to set them up at first and goal. And that could have easily time. been stopped. If Jalen Smith just kept with his man, that's a zero yard gain, right? He fights over it and it's like one or two yard gain. And then this play, this is the the yeah. touchdown, a touchdown run at the seven yard line from a split back right. formation. If you look at this from the end zone angle, it's just you're you're shaking your head. Just watch right here. No, no one's the, set. The, the, There's No one's set, bro. Take Crowder Jake. in the middle of the field. Like now the he's motion gets the motion. Why are two guys reacting to the motion? 
I don't know. Dory Jackson and Darnay Holmes both take the motion. So now you're minus one in the box. And on this play, it's a, it's a good play call because Evan Ingram is going to come and it's like a split zone type of action, right? He's going to come in and just kind of cut block the end man on the line of scrimmage to Mon Fox also kind of creates that barrier that we talked about on the offensive podcast to the mesh point of the zone read. And nobody reacts to Travis Etienne who gets this football. Tay Crowder, for whatever reason, just runs away from the desire. What gap is Tay and- Crowder doing there? Run that back. Look at 48 here. You mean he thinks, just- I guess, Trevor Lawrence keeps it, but also look at, the side of the big offensive lineman. That's like the, one of the right. pivotal part of this play. There's an extra also, offensive even if lineman he's, on the if, field. If he, my question for you, Nick, would be just watching this, watching him do that. That's a great point. Why are we not the unbalanced side, which has is the left side with the two offensive linemen? So, but also if he is making the decision to to go inside, assuming Lawrence keeps it right, he's blocked because they use Ingram to block the vision. Is anyone supposed to be accounting for that C gap for that gap outside? Like, I don't understand what who's supposed to be accounting for. It can't be 29's role. Bro, it's insane. So for those listening on the podcast, you have Jahad Ward to the big offensive line side, which is where Travis Etienne goes. He sets the edge. And then your next closest defender is Dexter Lawrence, who has a double team block. And the C-gap is freaking wide open. There's nobody in it. I think Tay Crowder just falls for the fact that Evan Ingram kind of runs to the opposite side and he bites in that direction. And then he realizes, oh, I'm out of position. And then Xavier McKinney, who did not have his best game either, but here he's the only one who recognizes what's going on. He tries to make a tackle on Travis Etienne, but it's too late. Like this, that was one of the worst drives I've seen all season from the New York giants. Has to be. There's so many bad plays that we just went over. And unfortunately it led to a touchdown. The next drive, the giants actually uh, was an, it was 11 play 70 yard drive ended in a field goal here. Um, Great tackle by Landon Collins at the end of this drive to hold them to a field goal. Giants got lucky, though, as we'll see, because Trevor Lawrence missed the the touchdown earlier in that drive that he probably should have made. But this one obviously also starts out really poorly for the Giants as well here with a 15-yard play. look familiar to you, by the way? Right. (laughs) Look at it. Now, Now, this one, they play a little better, the Giants. Well, this one, they... um... It's not the same exact play, but it's the same right. exact formation. Split back, Evan Ingram is going to go across. You have a jet motion, and then you pull the backside guard. It's just basically right. a GT downer yep. with the tight end being the tackle, because that's Manhurts. 84 is a tight end, but he's playing the tackle with the unbalanced type of set. Jihad I don't really Ward. understand what the hell 54 is doing on this. Can you explain that to me, Nick? Because my 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 assumption is 54, the gap that Jalen Smith eventually takes why and then watch you see watch 54 Jalen Smith go into that gap and then watch what Tay Crowder has to do he has to come over him why would you not instead have Jalen Smith have the outside there and have Crowder slant down into where Jalen Smith is going it doesn't it's, make any sense to me it's a blitz I think I think this okay, is a Jalen Smith by. is blitzing here it's a run blitz yeah. from Smith. okay and then he I don't want to say he does a good job but he notices the puller so he pulls back and then at least presents himself in a play side gap to take away Manhurts. But then you're just leaving Jihad Ward who yeah. I don't know why he kind of clenches his hands right here and goes into contact. You can kind of see how he like he's not keeping his outside arm free there and right. you get a hold but like that's a hold that's more than likely not going to get called. You have no one containing on the outside. No one scraping over the top. I don't know what Xavier McKinney, and this is one of the bad plays I was referring to with Xavier McKinney here. Xavier McKinney, he reacts to Evan Ingram and 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 Trevor Lawrence, and he takes himself out of the play. He could have right. been a defender who assisted right. here, but he runs himself away from the play, and it's Tay Crowder who actually ends up reading it, but he's the backside linebacker here. 
And Giants just are go really first. struggling with all this misdirection and pre-snap motion and perimeter-type runs. Yeah, there's a 15-yard rush on a simple GT counter that the Giants, for whatever reason, just forgot how to execute run fits in this game. Like they just, it was it was yep. horrendous. I don't know what else to say. Yep. And then we have the stick, and then right away after that's the stick and nod route by Evan Ingram for 28 yards. And you'll see it on this angle. You'll see it on the on the on the uh, yeah the sideline angle here so you'll watch ingram it's a, I'll, I'll be honest dick when i watched this a few times i'm like where was this guy when he played for the giants like i do kind of remember him having some success on these types of routes as a rookie just that very first season but they didn't really use him on these routes and i didn't really and later in the game he'll make a he'll he'll, he'll it'll be the play where adore jackson covers him at third and five and Such i'll see kind play. of a bad 90 degree cut angle from ingram and i'll be reminded of who he was with the giants but this is a damn good route and this is not the guy i remembered making these cuts here but one thing that you'll probably point out here that I that I, that I've noticed here as well is looking at the leverage here with the with the corner on the outside. Is this not more of an issue with Jalen Smith here, linebacker number fifty four, for getting out of that passing lane there? Because if he presents himself in that passing lane, there's nowhere for Trevor Lawrence to go with the football. That's very great observation. That's a, exactly what it is. It's Unless definitely you're he's on... blitzing. Okay, okay, good. Because I wasn't no, sure. He's not... He's not okay. blitzing. This is on Jalen Smith right here because it's a little play action out of the shotgun. Jalen Smith bites on the play action, even though he really doesn't have to do this. Like he doesn't have to take himself away from this throwing window, right. but he does. And watch how long he kind of stays with the run. Like Trevor Lawrence has pulled the ball out of the mesh point and is yes. dropping back right now. And Jalen Smith still what hasn't transitioned doing? to get back into it. I have no idea. This isn't on Julian Love. Julian Love is, looks like on the highlight reel that he's getting burnt, but his leverage, as you pointed out, it's out it's slightly outside and off. So this is a great route by Evan Ingram, but Julian Love is expecting Jalen Smith to be in that throwing window when he's not. So That's yes, you would job. like maybe Julian Love to do a better job not falling for the, the route, but he's playing outside. So if he thinks it's going to be an out route, he's going to shade in that right. direction. He thinks he has Isn't inside he help. Doing what he's taught to do there, Nick. I mean, that's what I, that's what I took away from this play. That's yeah. Cause he's assuming that there's going to be a linebacker in that passing lane inside. And he needs to take away the outside here. Yeah. The, the out route. Like, yeah, you're right. You don't want him to get fooled. It's a, it's a nice route by Ingram. All those things are true too, but Jalen Smith, you can watch him here as you're seeing now. He's just completely fooled by the a long blouthing play, a play action he shouldn't have been fooled by, and then he's just totally out of position here. Bro, he's like a, a, an absolute jitterbug out here too. I'm losing like, a I heard, lot of faith in Jalen Smith as we move forward, Nick. Like it was a nice him. first run with him. How uh, things were great at the beginning, but like, bro, the more you watch like of him, he drank like seven monsters <laughs> and went out there. He it almost looks like he's staticky. Like yeah, it like almost a, looks like, like watch, watch how like much he just moves and like it, yeah. there's no certainty in his movements. Okay. He looks like he's scrambling and so just uncertain. It's it's, not it's wild at all. It's the opposite it's, of smooth. Like he had mistakes on his film prior to this that we pointed out, but it right. wasn't like this. Like this was no. damning. This was opinion. the worst game of his Giants career so far, including last season. Um, he was a big factor in, in why things went so wrong for this defense in this game. But look, there's an easy throwing lane and pitch, easy pitch and catch for Trevor Lawrence there. And that's a 28-yard game, you know? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. And then here's another nice run on a right. first and 10 for seven yards by Travis Etienne. Giants, at this point, man, it, it looked pretty bleak, to say the least. Yeah. And it's not done. Like we got two more drives of this coming up. Like it's like, you know, and it's just like, 
it's not even like this Jaguars offensive line is mauling these Giants defensive linemen. It's just these these second level guys are so are playing so poorly here in this game. And there's nothing you can do when you don't have good linebacker play and teams are running to the outside. And it's not just, I guess it's not just the linebacker play, you'd probably say, right, Nick? It's also the edge setters, too, I guess. I'd say um, so. From, from what, I've, from what yeah. I've taken away. I think uh, if you look so at a play like this, like Jalen Smith over-pursues here. Right. And I think ETN does a good job kind of sticking his foot in the ground and cutting it back. But he's still, I don't know oh why he's God. bouncing this to the right. ETN, like, another bad vision play by ETN. Man? Like watch right here. Get vertical. Go, go. Get go. vertical right here. Get Dude, vertical. Get you vertical. have this is so easy. But he bounces it right to Jihad Ward, and I just don't know it's why. Another I lucky just... break for the Giants here. To be I, honest, again, that's three. Man. Yeah, Travis Etienne. He had a touchdown. He's going to be the presumable bell cow back. I think Jamichael Hasty right. will have some somewhat of a role now that James Robinson is a Jet. But he left so many yards on the field because Jalen Smith right here, bro. I get it. You think it's going to be some sort of shotgun outside zone, stretch zone type of play, but you working over this double team, just abandoning your gap and going right into the climb. And that's exactly what happens here. And now that's going to force a Dory Jackson to fill where you were supposed to be. And he runs right into Jihad Ward, man. It's just so far. This is just ugly. And then you see Julian Love and Evan Ingram dancing down the field. Very lucky for the Giants. That should have been like a 20-yard run if he just gets vertical there, Travis Etienne. But it is only a seven-yard run. Sets up this second and three. Um, just a one-yard run here. Yeah. Jalen Smith plays this a little bit better. Yeah. You have a little bit of a wide receiver insert. I like these types of little creative concepts where you, Zay Jones is outside of Evan Ingram, and then he just wraps around Evan Ingram, kind of cool. like a pin pull to the inside. Because... Right. Darnay Holmes is going to open to the outside because of the way Evan, because he doesn't know if it's run or pass. So right. Evan Ingram goes like he's going to, it looks like he could be running a route, but he's just pinning Jihad Ward. So that's going to force, not Darnay Holmes, I'm sorry, Julian Love to react Great to the point. outward move. And that's going to give Zay Jones the leverage to execute that's the cool. block. Like it's freaking, it's brilliant. Yeah, that's dude. cool it's brilliant. to see. That's cool it to really see. Is. Um, and that's actually a really good play by Jalen Smith because otherwise, if he doesn't get there, that's another easy vertical hole for for ETN to just plant and get through. Not that he would probably would have because he's ETN, but um, <laughs> it was at least potentially there for him. Look at look at Jalen Smith though in this play. He's so dialed in. Like, why the hell is he only like this on this play? I know. And other plays like right. watch his eyes. His eyes just go right on the mesh point. He doesn't scrape over the top. He's looking. He sees right. how ETN is kind of stepping and angling back outside towards Evan Ingram, towards the strong side. And I just feel like he does a really good job avoiding that double team from Juwan Taylor, staying square, and then working back to, to make that tackle. That's a really good play by Jalen Smith. But that was man, the best he play of the game any... by Jalen Smith. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not wrong, man. We got another good play coming up, though, if you want to see individual plays. Because, look, we are going to get to superlatives at some point. Someone's going to have to win the award for best player of the game. There actually are two players who played really well. In this oh, there's game. one that's so, easy. Easy. Yeah. Well, I know I yours. You, you mentioned it last part. I have somebody else who can compete with him. Um, I, I guess I can spoil it now. It's the guy who makes this play right here. Look at him. Oh Jesus God, Christ. Dexter so, so Lawrence we're talking about. Look at 97. Over the nose. Over the center. Look at, the, look at that athleticism to just get out in space and stuff this thing up for a fourth and one. So for those listening on the podcast, Dexter Lawrence is a one shade, and this is an empty quarterback run where the Jags bring, I think it's James Robinson in motion right at the snap behind Trevor Lawrence. Dexter tries to get cut by the guard, and he just throws the guard on the ground, <laughs> chases Trevor Lawrence down the line of scrimmage, and then violently throws him to the ground. Oh, yeah. 
You don't want to see your quarterback taking a hit like that from a 340-pound monster like Dexter Lawrence. That's a body slam. I'm surprised they didn't throw a freaking unnecessary roughness penalty with this referee crew. Yeah, seriously, they were so flag happy, but he's such a special player, Dexter Lawrence, man. Yeah. I'm so glad that he's coming into his own here. Yeah, man, I'm so happy he's breaking out because I, I know at times I was harsh on the pick in the past. And for in my opinion, for good reason, I know it's not like, again, it wasn't like I wanted to be super harsh. It was just like I wanted more in the pass rushing game. Now I'm getting that. So I was always getting everything else. Oh, everything yeah. just like this, the stuff you saw on that play, we were praising for years. But now that we're also getting so much consistency as a pass rusher, that's what makes him one of their special players there. Absolutely. And he had a sack in this game that was negated too by a penalty. Yeah, that was mistaken. a BS so penalty as like, well. If you look at that play, we'll look at it later. Like, I feel like the wide receiver and Adoree had the same fight. Like, I, I think it was, you could call that either way. Like, I did not. That, and the funny thing is, man, that's probably the penalty that I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. No, call. you're okay with it. But it's like, I don't know if I need well, I don't the, know the Dane Belton one, Dane Belton like tapped his face. Like, his one was absurd. I, Yes, but but the ones that just really pissed me off were the Dexter Lawrence roughing the passer on an earlier drive, yeah, yeah. and then the Leonard Williams. Like, what is Leonard Williams supposed to do in that situation? You're running full know. speed on an ET twist that was not picked up. You hit him, and he does kind of keep his weight off him. Like, I right. get you got quarterbacks and all all four player safety, but at some point we have to acknowledge the fact that football is an incredibly violent sport. Right. You can't really get away from that, and it's just a bang like, bang sport. Like that's the thing. Like. That's the thing. You can't expect these players to pull up at all times. It's not easy to do when it's it's easy when you slow it down on replay and you take it to like a small speed and you're just seeing a fourth down conversion. Or you can just run this. Yeah, so this through. is a fourth and one because that previous play was a third yeah. and two just to bring up the situation. And this is just a good scheme. Yep. Man, good scheme, man, good leader. arm talent. Good scheme, good arm talent. There's good velo on. Dude, I just love like the simplicity, simplicity of motioning the number one yes. receiver who is Christian Kirk into Zay Jones. Christian Kirk releases, does a spot route to occupy the eyes of number 22, and then you just release Zay Jones right underneath it, and there's just plenty of space between Moreau and Zay Jones for the pitch and catch. Doug yeah, Peterson did a really good route. Uh, Peterson ran runs a very good offense. Let me start by saying that. He did a really good job against Wink Martindale in this game. And a lot of I love how a lot of their route combinations are really designed to open other things up, like almost like pick routes that you don't notice. Like you said, the guy getting into that vacated area to open up something else. So just it was good offense to watch from a schematic standpoint, for sure. Unfortunately, for, for our sake as the Giants here. And here's a nice little uh, they go to empty and they just and they just rip a little five yarder here. Pick up five yards to set up a second and five nicely designed run. This is a pin pull concept. I feel like Kayvon Thibodeau does a really good job kind of stretching this play out and yeah. then taking on two blockers. We'll see it from the end zone angle here. Kayvon Thibodeau did not have a perfect game in terms of being a run defender, but I feel like this was one of his better games. Christian Kirk right here is going to block down on him. Kayvon Thibodeau just fights through that, keeps running, and then takes out James Robinson. So that allows other giant defenders to kind of rally and make this tackle. And this isn't a perfect or a flawless play by Kayvon Thibodeau. He's going up against Christian Kirk. He wanted to get around that, but he does enough to fight through and shows the hustle. But Tay Crowder kind of taking that undercut angle. He gets swallowed up by two blockers, and now that play side linebacker is eliminated, which puts a lot of pressure and stress on Fabian Moreau and Darnay Holmes, who both kind of play contained to for force Jamichael Hasey to bounce back inside, but it's it's Julian Love who kind of comes in as that alley defender to at least just be a nuisance. And this was also an end around play from Jamichael Hasey. So you're seeing a lot of different types of running concepts attacking laterally against the Giants. Yep. And then we're going to get to a sec or a first and ten here. 
This is an interesting one. It's uh, I would say it's pretty much a miss from the quarterback on this wheel route throw, but I'm not so sure I love the decision either from Trevor Lawrence, because if you look at the route coming, there's something that was, I was thinking of when I ran this play back a few times, he goes for the wheel and I can actually understand why he goes for the wheel. Look, it looks like they're running a natural pick with seven, but actually both seven and even more so, I think it's Evan Ingram 17 are wide open running just little drag routes over the middle and the giants get kind of fooled on the coverage and they don't have enough guys. And if you drive that ball to Ingram here, 17 coming across on this little drag, that's an easy pitch and catch. And look, I know you want to go for the wheel route here, especially when you use when the whole design is like say Jones with his natural pick and they, and you know, they can't get over the top to, to defend the wheel. And it is a miss from Lawrence, by the way, but you have some safety help there um, throwing against the wheel. But when it comes to Ingram over the middle and even Zay Jones, those guys are just wide open. They're wide open. And I went on coach Vass's YouTube follow coach Vass. He's a, he's a great follow. And we, we discussed the giant game. And this was one play that he mentioned something that I felt like was really astute. A lot of things he says okay. typically are, and it was, um, let me Jaylen, guess before you, let me guess before you say it, you're going to say, um, it wasn't in the progression to it does because I this is not stuff is stuff. No, I no, no, no. It, it wasn't okay. that. No, okay. it was Jalen Smith fights through the traffic here because it's a natural pick, something that Doug Peterson runs so often. But you can see how there is enough traffic to, I think, confirm to Trevor Lawrence that he's going to have the leverage to fit this ball to James Robinson on the wheel route. Credit to Jalen Smith. He really hustles to kind yeah. of get back in the phase here. But I think from what Coach Vass said, and I think he's correct. Jalen Smith working through this traffic, but getting slowed mm -hmm. up ever so slightly right here, confirmed to Trevor Lawrence to not even look at Evan Ingram ah, or Zay Jones yeah. on the crossing routes that were going to come wide open. So I honestly believe that nice. that slight hesitation ended up benefiting the New York Giants. <laughs> There's a little bit of luck then for the Giants, right? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Because look at look at the top of the screen for those watching on YouTube. Like Evan Ingram, this would have been a walk-in touchdown because yeah. And I, I was trying to think like, are they all are the Giants all just paying attention to Trevor Lawrence's eyes who just go right to the wheel route and go right to the contact? And maybe that's why they're not open. But no one follows no. Zay right. Jones and Evan Ingram. Like you have a lot of you have two Giants it's a following. Breakdown. You have two Giants kind of latching on to Christian Kirk. I'm not hundred percent certain what Tay Crowder is attempting to do. It looks like he's trying to wall off. Evan Ingram, I don't believe Julian Love has the leverage to come down on either one of those crossing routes because he's outside of the hash. So right. this was a miss by Trevor Lawrence, and I also believe the Giants benefited from the quote-unquote natural rub route that slowed Jalen Smith down. And I know Jalen Smith is not the... Uh, not our biggest, we're not the biggest fans of him right now, but I also believe he does a pretty solid just job game. just yeah. just using his athletic ability to close with and attempt to get to the near hip of James Robinson. And just to confirm what Nick's saying there, he's not saying it's a misread by Lawrence. He's saying it's a missed throw, the ball placement there. And then again, this is a drive that ends in three instead of seven. That could have been and probably should have been seven on that wheel route because it wasn't that difficult of a throw to make. He just missed it. Um, so Giants definitely got a little bit lucky there. We have the second and 10 here. Uh, a lot of people I saw on Twitter were thinking this should have been defensive pass interference. I'll ask your question on that. I'll, I mean, I'll ask your opinion on that. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think Julian Love has every right to that position on the field that Evan Ingram does. Evan Ingram initiates the contact right there. And also Julian Love does a really good job getting his eyes on the football right here. I'd have been pretty pissed if this was called. Yeah. I don't I don't see anything wrong with what Julian Love is doing. I see good technique, sound discipline, and patience. Whereas Evan Ingram runs into him. Sure. So that's that's my opinion on the play. Yep.
So we got a third and 10, and that's where we where the Jaguars try. You'll see in a moment this running back screen. And we get a good play from Landon Collins, number 21, making his debut re- return to the Giants. Um, does an excellent job, in my opinion, sniffing this out, coming off a block, and then making the tackle. And this is Landon Collins' first play of the game, I believe, too. Yeah. Gets in there. Great first play. Man, we talked a couple weeks ago, Dan, about how the Giants do such a good job against screens. That is out the window in this game. They got their asses chewed on several different screen type of passes. Luckily, they were able to not allow Travis Etienne to score a touchdown on that one. Right. Yep. That was probably the best one they played, to be honest. Third drive here we're about to get into is the eight-play 76-yard drive, where, again, that's 70, 70, and now 76. Giants got very, very lucky on this drive. ETN fumbles it through the end zone on a walk-in touchdown, a really poorly played uh, run stop for the Giants. But it starts off here uh, with, again, this one, I mean, this is probably the best example, I think, in the game of just how the Giants struggle to get pressure as a defense. Because Trevor Lawrence comes off this play extra back. He wants it a deep shot. He pumps. It's not there. You can see it from the other angle from here. You can just see him pumping. And he still has time to now come off, slide, reset, and then throw that ball out to Marvin Jones. Like, you cannot be expected as a defensive to cover for this long. He, he has time, like, like I said, to come off the, where this route is designed to go and then still make a play on this. And it's a great play by Lawrence, too. I mean, he slides. He resets. He's not really from throwing from a perfectly clean platform, and he puts the ball into a place where it can be caught. And at the top of the screen, you have a Dory Jackson. Jacksonville runs a double move from Christian Kirk and a Dory Jackson with his body control on this yeah, speed turn. Smooth. Just gets right back into phase. And that's that's the pump fake right there. Right, Dexter? This is or like- Trevor, Trevor Lawrence wants to throw this football to Kirk. And he goes to throw it. And he's like, no, nah, I can't because of Dory Jackson and right. Xavier McKinney are both in position to play this. And they end up just throwing the football on one-handed catch to Marvin Jones. But I just don't get how the Giants have no pressure here. And no pressure, I want to bring yeah. up, you brought up the ineptitude of Jalen Smith blitzing. Here's a good example of it. Jalen Smith. Wow, just they're even runs sending right an extra guard. guy here. This is a five-man pressure. This is a quote-unquote, this is what is considered a blitz. You're sending five guys, and this guy has all day to come back to his probably last read in the progression. Yeah, and look, there's a lot of players who aren't on the field right now. You have right, 71, 93, yeah. 55, and 49 rushing the passer. So no Cave on Thibodeau, no Leonard Williams, no Dexter Lawrence. And, and you have Jalen Smith right. removing himself from the play. What is Jalen Smith doing there? Look it up. Run that back real quick. Jalen Smith's pass rush plan here. I don't know what's going on here. He's turned, he gets turned around. This is that's probably one of the worst pass rushes I've seen all season by a single Giants player. Oh, that's really rough. It is. And I don't know why you would, like like we said a little earlier, why are you attempting to run through somebody who has 70 pounds on you and right. who is in a much better position than you are? Look, he just catches him, just toys we with him. I thought he might be an asset as a blitzer. It's turning out to be the total opposite. It's almost to the point where I'm almost back, Nick, on the bucket of, do we want to start to see Micah McFadden on the field again? Because Micah McFadden had some good reps at Indiana rushing the passer at the very least. Um, he, he was did. out of position a lot. I know that's why he was benched in game by the Giants. But if Smith's going to play like this, they're going to have to start seriously considering it. I think so, too. And I would welcome it because yep, rookies are going to make rookie mistakes. They're going to make rookie mistakes, but hopefully they will grow. And everything I've heard about McFadden, he's, you know, a very hardworking type of kid, all that type of cliche stuff. But hopefully his trajectory yep. would be upward. Now here you have a nice, a rare nice play by a Giants linebacker. Tate Crowder makes a very nice read here to get his hand on the ball. 
Yeah, this is an in-breaking route. Tay Crowder just sinks, sinks, sinks. You see how he flashes his eyes onto Evan Ingram, who's running a little slant route and just works underneath the catch point for the incomplete pass. Yep, well played by Crowder. Sets up a second and 15, though, and once again, what Nick alluded to earlier, strikes again a screen screwing over the Giants here. Um, little tight end screen to Evan Ingram. And by the way, this is one of the best post-catch plays I've seen from Evan Ingram, maybe. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't remember him this violent on a post-catch play. Look at Evan Ingram attack after he catches this football, attack what's left of the Giants defense after the mostly wiped out post-screen. Um, and they get back. I mean, look, the Giants, a lot of these, what pissed me off the most about watching the Giants defense in this game, Nick, on film is they got him into second and 25s, and then they give up more than 25. They got him into a second and 15 play here, and now they give up 14 of it right back. And it's just like they put him behind the sticks often, sometimes just because of penalties by Jaguars. But then things like this happen where like you're just getting totally outmaneuvered on a screen here. A take Crowder. It's not a good look right here. This is his old buddy, Evan Ingram, old SEC buddy. And take Crowder throws his shoulder into Evan Ingram and watch Evan Ingram just spin yep. right off of it. Terrible Impressive finish. Play. Yep. Yeah. And so they got a third and one here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, man, this is the this is the game. It's not going to be a pretty game. We promised you this, and this is just like beautiful Doug Peterson design here. You can't see it as much from the end zone angle, but he motions the the, the receiver before the snap. Like, watch thirteen, Christian Kirk come into motion. No time for thirty to get over there. Just such an easy pitch and catch. And we talk a lot about space, right? Space is a lot in football. Right now, Jacksonville's confirming that Darnay Holmes is a man covered on Christian yep. Kirk. So there's a bunch to the field or to the boundary side. So Christian Kirk motions to the field side and then stops right in front of Trevor Lawrence and then just darts out to the field side right at the snap. And Christian Kirk has about maybe six yards outside of Darnay yep. Holmes and then another six yards of uh, of space going north and south from Darnay Holmes. So he just has so much space running behind a stalk blocker in Marvin Jones, who doesn't even throw a block on a Jackson because he runs around. This is just an easy pitching catch. are going to throw this play to the flat every time, pick up an easy first down. Yep. And that's what they did. So then they got a, the Giants got them into a first and 25 situation after that unnecessary roughness play here. So it's like, get off the freaking field. You're in first and 25. And so what happens? The Giants make a really good play. We get one of the only players who played really great in this game at Dory Jackson, which is beautiful coverage. Look at a Dorian coverage there. Boom. No Same space. Dude. That's such but, perfect coverage right there from 22. Before Top the snap, screen. look, look at this before the snap. No one yeah. knows what, where the hell they're supposed Giants, to be lined up. Man. For those listening on the podcast, the Giants defense, the entire front there before the snap, Thibodeau 90, they're just running and no idea where to set here. The linebackers aren't set. Jihad Ward's coming one side to the other Thibodeau. And they're just, completely offset. And that's why I look, there's zero pressure on this play. Look, great coverage by Adoree Jackson. Awesome. We like to see it, but there's no pressure on this play because of I'm this. also, I'm also not a hundred percent certain why Kayvon Thibodeau is being the, the strong side, the Sam linebacker so often here in this okay. defense, in this game, like the Sam drops into coverage a lot, which Kayvon okay. can do, but ideally you want him to rush the pass or he can do it better than Jihad Ward. But there does become a time when you are rushing the passer that you want Kayvon Thibodeau to not have to deal with so many damn tight ends next to him. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that, yeah, that's one thing that I'm just like, I think he would be better off to the field side because he is a little bit more athletic than Jihad Ward. And I'm not going to question Wink Martindale, but I'm just a little curious as to why he is aligned over the tight ends so often because he's not necessarily 
this stout run defender yet, you know? So that's yep. something that, uh, it's a great I feel point. Like I like that observation, Nick. And that's something they'll look at and they'll start to use them differently. Or maybe it's something that they can't really change much of until they get certain personnel back. It could be that. And it's something though, that like wasn't overly consistent. I feel like he's aligned on, on both sides and you could tell in the fourth quarter too, that Jacksonville was using a tight end in pass protection when it was obvious passing situations to chip Kayvon Thibodeau. Like there was a lot of respect for Kayvon Thibodeau uh, ushered by the, that Jags coaching staff. But damn, do I love this play by Dory Jackson. I'm going to run it back yep. one more time. So Christian Kirk gets right into his leverage. Dory Jackson, you can see a Dory Jackson has his hips flipped completely inside. Almost right. like, hey, I'm not going to allow you to go outside. But Christian Kirk breaks it off before he gets to a Dory Jackson. And just look how smooth the Dory Jackson is able to flip his hips. No it's one of the underrated part of these Giants cornerbacks, including Fabian Moreau, is their ability to completely flip their hips in one direction to kind of tell the wide receiver, hey, you can go in the other direction because I trust my ability to swivel my hips, troll my body and get right back into phase and not lose a step. And it's something that the Giants corners do routinely. So now you got a second and 25. It's like, let's get the hell off the freaking football field. But somehow they convert a second and 25 here. And now look, there's a few things that are working against the Giants here that aren't really the Giants' fault. One, it's an example of what we've seen at earlier times this game. We'll see throughout the tape. It's Doug Peterson creating a natural pick, which he does a great job of with his route combinations and for this wheel route. And quite frankly, this is why people thought uh, Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. If you're watching on the YouTube, look at the ball here. This is a dime ball. There's velocity on this throw. It's a deep throw. This is 30 yards down the field. This ain't no 10-yard rip. This is a 30-yard throw. He layers it. The touch is perfect. The placement is perfect. It hits the receiver in stride on his outside shoulder, and it has velocity. This is a dime ball, so it's like I don't want to kill the Giants defense too much for this, but like, man, dude, you got to get off the field on these second and 25 situations. The Giants ran man coverage, cover one so much in this game. It's something they've done all season. This is a dime by Lawrence, you're right. But the number three receiver runs the wheel, which is Christian Kirk. You can see how he kind of just delays his release to allow this rub route from Zay Jones, this little pick route. But Zay Jones doesn't even make contact with Darnay right. Holmes. They can't call it's, offensive pass interference. It's like Michael Jackson almost. And I think Darnay Holmes, who stumbles, and it looks like he's contacted, but Darnay Holmes is anticipating contact. He's antici right. anticipating the rub, but Zay Jones evades him, and then he just stumbles and has to recollect himself. And by that point, Christian Kirk has about four yards of separation. So it's a really good play design by by Doug Peterson. Julian Love takes another, just a dumb penalty. I, I don't mean dumb on his part. I thought it was like, okay, like how yeah, Julian Love's going to stop that? his momentum there? Another weak call by this ridiculous staff. Yeah, a really bad job by the refs in this game here. Um, and so you now you have this first and 10, and this is kind of another example. Look, this play ended in a in a touchdown, or no, this play ended in the fumble, right? This was the fumble drive? Yeah. yeah this Dude. is the fumble drive, yes. So now we lost, so we had four points taken off the board the first drive when Trevor Lawrence missed the wheel route or Ingram for the touchdown. Now we have seven points taken off the board because Trevor Lawrence misses this throw. Look, if you throw this ball to like the boundary, that's how I think about it. Nick, if you lead yeah. with anticipation, not like you flatten this out, you don't need to like throw this over the top so much toward like the back pile and you flatten this out toward the side, like toward the boundary sideline. You could probably just easy pitch and catch this bad boy and such a, and look purely clean pocket again for Trevor Lawrence as they were basically the entire game. And as you guys are watching on the film, Lawrence decides to instead throw the ball toward the back pylon um, and kind of lead the receiver vertically. No, not the back pylon. He throws it towards Sorry, not the, the back pylon. Yeah, yeah, the goal line. That's what I'm looking this for. This is a dope. 
terrible yep. decision or this would have terrible been terrible this is a really bad play by Trevor Lawrence right here. Just a bad this would have been throw. Yeah. It's a bad throw. I mean, it's well-designed off the play action, two-man yep. route concept, a deep over, and then an intermediate over. And Fabian Moreau is in no position to catch up to Zay Jones, who you could see right here, because I love how Doug Peterson uses this player. I don't know who it is. I think it's Christian Kirk, actually, in a jet motion, and they fake that. And watch Zay Jones's release. Zay Jones, who's over the top of Darnay Holmes, acts like he's going to block right here, and then he yep. releases into his route. And now Fabian Moreau realizes this is going on, but he's an outside leverage, and you had nobody inside other yes. than Jalen. Smith, who is not in position to undercut this with the amount of field that Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville has to work with. So watch how, oh man, that's just such a bad throw by Trevor yeah, Lawrence. Man. If Trevor Lawrence puts it anywhere near the back pylon, this is right. an easy touchdown. The Giants probably lose this game possibly. Yeah, or even the front pylon, to be honest. He probably can throw that ball too. Jalen Smith's not going to get that, not going to make a stop here, not going to flip his body around and make the stop there. Um, or even just in the middle, you know, it's just, there's Anywhere so much, where space. Put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there's so much space to make this easy pitch and catch up. And again, like I said, pure, pretty, pure, clearly, purely clean pocket. Like there's a little pressure coming at the end there, but not much. Um, this is basically just an easy pitch and catch there. And I think it was Leonard Williams who might've got in there. Yeah, let's the see end. how Lenny, Lenny won this. Cause we don't, we haven't talked much had some, Yeah. We haven't talked much about Leonard, but he won a lot of pass rushing reps in this game. That's an impressive win right there. He, yeah. he ends up kind of splitting a double team. He goes, he's up against Luke Fortner. He's basically a one shade to the weak side. He engages with both his hands and you could see a violent, just swim move creates ample separation on Luke Fortner and then just runs right into the guard kind of gets taken out by the guard a little bit, but then is able to recollect and, and get a hit on Trevor Lawrence. So bad miss by Lawrence takes a touchdown off the board and then second and 10, this zone read uh, by, by uh, Travis Etienne here. I mean, yeah, good. The giants forced the fumble. It goes, they recover it, but man, this isn't good defense. This is really bad defense again by the giants. Take Crowder specifically. You saw 48 there. Like, Man, you're a you're an inside back. First of all, just look at 54 too. 54 and 54. Maybe he's just taking the gap there. That's fine. He gets rid of it, and then and ETN can then pick the other gap. That's probably fine. That's probably what he's his run fit there. But Tate Crowder here just can never get off these blocks. It seems like not never, but so inconsistently can get off these blocks. He climbs the second level. This Jaguars right tackle. I don't even know who plays it anymore. Is it still the kid from it's Florida, Taylor. John Taylor? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Taylor. Yeah. I don't know how he's been in the NFL. I, he was an interesting prospect, but. He can't get off Taylor's block. Taylor, I mean, this is the thing. Like, Taylor's climbing to the second level, dude. Like, what? Like, look at Tate Crowder. Why is he slamming his shoulder back in there? Like, he's just so hesitant, Crowder. He doesn't get over to make these plays. This is, this is a really bad play by 48 here. Um, it's a bad so. play by 48. It, it's a difficult position to, uh, but he just goes in passively here and allows, right. That's allows himself to get engulfed. Lyman have a clean release right up to him. And one of the low-key plays here, we've been slamming Jalen Smith, rightfully so. Like, I don't even love the alignment here by the New York Giants mm. with this one technique. You have an easy right. double team right there and then an easy climb up to right. the linebacker. And just, you're point. relying on Jalen Smith to, to be, in a, be in a position. Jalen Smith just kind of inserts himself into an A-gap where there's already kind of a presence. And that just allows the center to... to to come off the double team and then just pick Jalen Smith up. But what I like about Jalen Smith here, and I think this might be low key why Trev or why Travis Etienne fumbles. First off, look, look at that ball security, terrible. But he's fighting through contact here, and Jalen Smith just grazes right there. Etienne, right. ooh, ball side elbow, and you could see how it ah. forces Etienne to kind of chicken wing the ball outward, and Xavier McKinney just peanuts. That's right. 
So that's kind of a big play by Jalen Smith. I'm not going to sit here and say it's because he's great because I do believe he was a big problem on Sunday, but I do think that was a reason why this fumble ended up like happening. That. Good point. Yeah. And then McKinney finishes it off there. But look, if he doesn't fumble there, he's getting to the one yard line. They're probably scoring a play later. So that's now 10 points that were taken off the board. One with that fumble, two with Trevor Lawrence missing the touchdown and on the drive before Trevor Lawrence missing. Now we have a few plays before the half, Dan. Jacksonville only has 28 seconds here. And we're going to see an amazing throw by Jacksonville soon. But I did want to touch on this play because you're in an incredible two minute drill, not even two minute. You're in a 30 second drill. And I'm not sure what the Giants are doing from a leverage standpoint here, because to the field side, you have Fabian Moreau, who is an inside leverage. And I get that, but there's no one covering the outside right there. So this like on any kind of sale concept, any kind of seven route, Zay Jones is going to be wide open. And he is. And it's just like, why exactly is that happening when you have underneath defenders to the inside? So I just a little bit, I want to question the the leverage pre-snap. And I'm sure there's probably a reason for it, but a seven route against that coverage is going to work every time towards the sideline where you want to throw the football in this situation. That's an interesting, I like that observation, Nick, with, with the leverage pre-snap and how do you stop that? If that's the inside. If he has inside leverage, what's the, yeah, I don't really know what the solution would be. It has to be it. just a mistake by Fabian Moreau. Like okay. it's not like Wink Martindale's sitting there being like, Hey, you know, allow them to go to the sideline. Right. Right. That's what <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah. You would never do that in, in this kind of situation, especially not in a two minute situation where you're thinking about time as an issue. So I guess just a bad, bad play by Fabian Moreau there. Um, also, De- Dexter Lawrence on that last play, I actually kind of want to show this. He splits a double team and gets a pretty solid pressure just because this guy is just having one heck of a year. Just watch him just kind of run through and just completely hears Johnny, yeah. the center and the guard. So much strength and force and ends up kind of, I think, altering the throw. That's not a good yeah. football right there. Right. And it forced Zay Jones. Forces A. Jones to stay in. And we know that Trevor Lawrence, by the way, has the arm talent to get that on a line if he if the throw isn't altered. And then with the leverage that Moreau had, maybe Jones could cut that back up field and take it for a touchdown, honestly, or take it for a bigger gain. So that was a good good. I like that point out by you on Dexter Lawrence there. If it altered the throw at all, that was a good thing. And then we had a first and ten screen to set up a second and three, which is on the screen right now. And I felt like this is pretty good coverage yep. by the New York Giants, which is not something that we've said yet this game. I was actually surprised moving it back. I was surprised moving it back a little that Lawrence didn't take that deep post shot just based on where the safety is for the Giants. It was 100%. I was going to bring that up too, man. Good observation, Dan. The Giants send one guy and they drop 10 in the coverage. So you're (laughs) probably likely imagine like, hey, if they're doing that, they're going to have a bunch of guys deep, but they don't. They have a bunch of guys underneath handling all the routes that are going underneath. But what the Jags do is they run a deep post with Christian Kirk. And that's up against Adoree Jackson, who is outside leverage. And the safety doesn't realize that there's a deep post. So Adoree Jackson is good enough and athletic enough to possibly make a play on the football here. But I'm honestly not sure why Trevor Lawrence, who's looking in that direction, isn't heaving the football, if you're watching on YouTube at this point, right when Christian Kirk is getting out of his break and just throwing it basically towards, not the back pylon, a little bit outside of the opposite side of the field's goalpost. I think that's right. where the football should have been put and allow Christian Kirk to run under it. And all Christian Kirk has to do is beat one guy. I think this is a bad coverage mistake by the Giants, even though they've covered everything else up really well. I think the Giants not realizing what's going on there could have really burned it. I'm wondering who blew this because you have Xavier McKinney who's dropping. It looks like maybe a middle of the field close type, like a three deep match type of defense with, with some 
interesting wrinkles of guys getting double teamed in the intermediate parts of the field because the Giants dropped so many guys into coverage. Or is Dane Belton supposed to drop and was it supposed to be quarters? I'm honestly not 100% certain. All I know is this could have been bad. Yep, luckily it wasn't. Um, so then they throw out of bounds there. We had the third and three here where Tom and Fox made a really good play. Uh, just this angle is the best. Yeah. Oh my God. Bro, you know what he reminds me of? Only he's not a dirty player yet. Vontez Perfect. Vontez Perfect. Forgot about Vontez Perfect. Heat seeking missile from Arizona State. <laughs> the sun devil that killed. Cool he was play. so fun. Look at this coverage. Look at how it is line pre snap. I mean, Dominic Fox is just it's basically like, I bet Wink is just like, break on anything, Dominic. Look at look at how he's aligned. He's aligned square to the middle of the field. I've just never seen that, anything like that. And so is the guy. Well, the they did side. they did this in the preseason as okay. well. And Tom and Fox right. did the same exact thing. He that is true. You're right. Field. Yeah, I do remember that. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, he's just he's just insane. And then this throw, bro. This is just a hail mary. Giants right. rush one guy. This is a absolutely ridiculous throw to me by Trevor Lawrence. It's remarkable because he heaves it and he has all day to throw. But right there, he puts it wow. into the bread basket of Zay Jones. And yes, I get it. People are like on Twitter, hey, his foot is out of bounds. But like that's not the point. The <laughs> yeah. point is he put the trajectory on the throw to put it at the goal line in a catchable spot while avoiding one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Giants defenders. The amount of trajectory and touch you need to wow. and, and just the judgment to put it there, right. the arm talent. It, it's it's wildly insane to me. This was an incredible throw just to put Zay Jones into this position. And look, there's still a long way to go for Lawrence as a prospect, in my opinion. He missed some throws in this game from a ball placement standpoint. That surprised me. But then he also made some throws in this game that surprised me. Not surprised me. That confirmed why he is considered by a lot a generational talent. And that's obviously one of them. The shot we talked about. Look at that thing. He drops it right into the bread basket. That's crazy. It's right um, there. Like, that's so catchable. And look, if you look at his feet, I think this foot might be slightly on the white. But man, dude, talk about just an excellent pass. I get it. He's not pressured, but holy cow, right. dude. And how did the Giants allow that ball to fall in there? Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, trajectory especially, is especially dropping everyone in coverage and rushing one. Um, yeah, so it was an interesting game for Lawrence. He, he missed a lot of throws, but he made some insane throws. The one, the, the one, the second and 25 ball was just ridiculously filthy. Um, this one, obviously, as well, just from pure arm talent standpoint. So Giants go into the half here, and then right away, you're going to see we had, what, three three drives to start the game of 70-plus yard, and here comes another drive, a fourth straight drive of 70-plus yard. Now, luckily for the Giants, two of those previous three 70-plus yard drives by the Jaguars <laughs> resulted in just three points. Um, so it really worked out for the Giants, but this one, unfortunately, does not result in zero. What points. a way to start the half, too, yeah, right? right? This is as poorly <laughs> played as a run play as you could possibly imagine from the Giants. You can better uh, from the other angle. of No, we'll, we'll go over that, but I want to just – point out sure. Travis Etienne's run here because he did terrible in the first half. He bounces this outside, which is the right decision because the Giants apparently forgot how to contain outside runs. This is just saying, a shotgun pin-pull concept. And watch this what? one. He accelerates outside and then watch that cut back inside yeah. and just put Xavier McKinney in a stagnant position. That is an insane Barkley-esque cutback, yeah. It is. And it doesn't have that kind of oomph that Barkley's cutbacks do, but right. the fact that he was able to it's maintain maintain the speed that he did it just says a lot about travis Etienne's talent and watch just i don't the giants again though man they this just reminds me had, so much of the play that ezekiel El like it's not the same play call but it reminds me of how the cowboys beat uh beat the giants with that ezekiel elliott run on like third and long 
in that in that oh, Cowboys it's, game. It's, it's a similar concept. It's it's yep. a very similar concept. And I'm not sure what Darnay Holmes is doing here. Darnay Holmes yep. ends up being Holmes the is the biggest grade. issue on this play because watch Holmes here. Why the hell is he not containing outside and forcing that back inside? That's the reason this play is screwed up completely because Darnay Holmes on this pulling lineman, instead of just getting around him to the outside to force ETN, slows momentum and cut back inside where they actually have some defenders who might be able to make a play. He loses contain there for no oh, it's apparent terrible. reason. Yeah. It's not good. And if, for those listening, you have Jihad Ward, who's to the play side, because this is a pin-pull concept, halfback pitch with Travis Etienne in motion right before the snap going behind Trevor Lawrence. And Evan Ingram pins Jihad Ward, so Jihad Ward can't contain. And then you have the secondary contained defender, that's why he's there, in Darnay Holmes up against a tackle running directly at him. That's a crappy assignment, but all you have to do is get outside and force Travis Etienne to Julian Love, right. the alley defender. This is simple football ladies yep. and gentlemen but for whatever reason darnay holmes just tries to slip around 74's block and just allows travis yeah. etn to just have all the space to operate dan from the numbers to the sideline that is a lot of space on the football field so a terrible it screws play. up julian loves path too it screws up the whole play i don't even it's like he goes hero ball mode almost to try to make a tackle himself but by doing so completely loses his mind and everything he's taught as a football player there which is to contain and force it back inside you have so. Tay Crowder getting picked off by another down blocking wide receiver. And this would have, if Darnay Holmes just executed his assignment, this is like a, a five yard gain, maybe with Julian Love right. making this tackle. Right. All you have to do is contain. If you're Darnay Holmes here, Dan, your job is not to make the tackle. Your job is right. to box Travis Etienne towards your pursuing defenders, your teammates. That's yeah. just maintaining the continuity of a defense. And it's something that the Giants honestly just forgot in this game. Yep. That's a great way to describe it. You turn what should have been a five-yard gain into a 49-yard gain. That's as bad as defense gets right there when that happens. So we have first and 10 here uh, where uh, I think, you know, it was actually not the best design by the Giants because they had, they had an open player, Jaguars, but Kayvon Thibodeau does a good job to kind of get his hand in the throwing lane. It's very weird, though. Because if you look at this, it's a three-by-one set with the right. nub being the one to the boundary side. So the three receivers are to the field side. We talk a lot about this on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Football is a game of numbers. It's a game of space. You have two cornerbacks over the three receiver side and the next closest defender is Tay Crowder who is directly in the middle of the field the number three receiver is outside of the hash how the heck is Tay Crowder going to be able to cover that number three receiver no, he can't no way yeah there, there's no way and then you have Julian Love who's like 15 yards off the ball as the safety and luckily Kayvon Thibodeau again luck and I hate to I'm not saying luck in a disrespectful manner I'm just kind of calling it what it is Kayvon Thibodeau it's, it's great that he was able to get his hand on this football and that's a great individual effort but it's not like the Giants schemed this play and right, said you know right. what well, we're gonna so. just hope KT knocks this ball out of the air because <laughs> it should have yeah. been an easy stick route for like 12 yards to Zay Jones but Kayvon Thibodeau had a great play knocking this ball down I just don't know why from an alignment standpoint the Giants don't right. have anybody over the number three so many question marks in this game when it comes to their alignment pre-snap. Not only the times where they were looked like they weren't set and they were scrambling, but just from situations like this where they were set and yet the alignment was way off. It's just it's weird, man. It's, it's very strange. So then here you just see a little uh, six-yard play that they called defensive holding on for the auto first. It was a defensive hold too on Darnay Holmes who. Again, continues to not be the best slot defender. He just pulls A. Jones to the ground. He's still super handsy. 
He's always been. He's always been. Yep. He's got issues. Now we're going to have a wildcat play, just a direct snap to Travis Etienne. And the Giants, I just don't know what they're doing here either. Like both Julian Love and Tay Crowder take contain and nobody takes the alley because you have Tamon Fox here. This is a pin pull concept on the wildcat out of split back. So Travis Etienne is going to go into the mesh point with Christian Kirk, who's in the backfield. And it's just going to be a counter run. GT counter. You're going to pull the backside guard. You're going to pull the backside tackle. And then Travis Etienne is going to follow them. Tamon Fox uses the wrong arm technique to spill everything outside. So that's a way that you can attack pullers. And I feel like he's aggressive in doing so. He blocked down step down rules and uses that wrong arm, that outside arm. And then what that does creates the traffic jam, spill everything outside. But there's a huge cutback lane that nobody accounts for. And Nobody goes inside. They both go outside in terms right. of Julian Love and Tay Crowder. And I'm just not sure why they both go outside. If I had to guess, I'm imagining Tay Crowder was the one who probably blew his assignment here. And it just right. opens up this huge cutback lane for Travis Etienne. How many times have we seen this season two Giants defenders going for the same gap when it obviously shouldn't be that way? And it does look like, based on the alignment pre-snap, this is Tay Crowder's problem. This is not Julian Love. This is most likely Tay Crowder making the wrong decision here unfortunately for the giants. Cause like you said, it just for some reason opens up this wildly huge hole that and this leads to their touchdown. Honestly, if you play it this does. right, if Nate Crowder plays this right, it could be like a one yard or zero yard gain, or maybe even a loss. And there are so many plays on tape that I feel like people are going to watch and they're going to be like, man, Julian love sucks. Julian love made a lot of mistakes and I don't think he made that many mistakes. He was not perfect. He was far from perfect, but damn, did he have to mask a lot of errors from those linebackers who continue yeah. to be an issue? Yep. They don't have, this is not, this, these are not the guys like these won't be. I don't think these, either of these guys should be starting next year to be completely honest with you. And I hope they're not to be honest. Sorry to say this for the guys who love Tate Crowder out there. It goes back to what we've said several times on the podcast that Darian Beavers would have had a huge role on this team. Yep. There's no doubt in my mind Darian Beavers would be linebacker one right now sure. if he didn't get it hurt. And like right here, this is the play that we were referencing. Or like Nick Williams, like what's he doing pre-snap? Like he, he has no Everyone. idea where to line up. Yep. Wow. Look at that. Look at 93. And, the, and they send him and he gets sent to the weak side where there's already defenders. Like why are, right. why is, and I don't know what happened here because there's obviously a miscommunication, but you got two blockers, two tight ends in Manhurts and Evan Ingram to the left side of the offense. So Nick Williams runs to the right side. So now you're minus one defender over there. And this is just a really good play by Kayvon Thibodeau and, and Xavier McKinney to, to keep Travis Etienne out of the end zone. Then eventually they just get two sneaks in for a touchdown to the next drive here. Um, so then the Giants defense starts to kind of tighten up here in this game, at least at least for one possession. I, I wouldn't call the 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 12 play 60 yard drive tightening up to be completely honest. They just, the Jaguars did some stupid things to turn to go third and one fourth and one miss. But um, this is a three play 60 six yard drive that ends in a punt where the giants actually have good defense for once in this game. And it starts with Dexter Lawrence here over the nose, oh, making just an incredible gosh. play. Look at Lawrence fights off two guys to make this play two Jaguars blockers. That's how good this dude is playing right now. One. Yeah. It ends up being more. So just one. Oh no, it is so, just one guy. Yep. But he, he, yeah. cut, yep. go ahead. Dexter Lawrence is aligned at the nose. So he's anticipating the center to block him, but it's actually going to be a down block by Brennan Sheriff, five time Pro Bowl Brennan Sheriff. Really good offensive lineman who just signed with Jacksonville, former Washington player. And it's honestly like Dexter Lawrence is toying with him. He plays with such low leverage, shoots his hands. He gets one arm up and then just shoots his hand. He uses all of his length 
and then just puts himself in multiple gaps. We say the cat and mouse game a lot with linebackers and running backs. Watch what Dexter Lawrence does here and what Travis Etienne is thinking. Puts himself into this gap, then shifts his weight and presents himself into another gap while creating plenty of separation on the blocker. This is one of those one of those plays, man, that it, that it should be one of the biggest highlights in terms of run defense from Dexter Lawrence because he's doing it against a really good football player. Completely agree with you. And I love how Dex Lawrence is always so square to the line of scrimmage. He's never like turned his body. I feel like they so rarely do they turn his body, these offensive linemen. Yeah, 100%. And you can see that this is a great example of it right here. Look, Dexter Lawrence shoots his hands inside and he's very square to the line of scrimmage, whereas uh, Leonard Williams and Jihad Ward are not. And that was another observation by Vass that I felt like was really astute because Leonard Williams, he's stacking right here and he's putting himself outside. looks like he's winning the rep, but he is also turned right there. Whereas Dexter Lawrence completely square to the line of scrimmage. So if say this run was inside Dexter Lawrence can now play the peekaboo game and then discard his blocker in one direction. If there's a cutback and now come back over, whereas Leonard Williams can't really do that. He can only play outside. So any inside cutback is kind of still eliminated from the play. And I'll ask you this right now, Nick, um, well, we know next year, based on Dave Gettleman's, you know, magi- magic magician work with the salary cap, um, Dexter, or, I'm sorry, Leonard Williams will be the fourth highest paid or the third highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL. Who do you think some more at this point? Would you have if, if the salaries were the same, would you prefer Dexter Lawrence or Leonard Williams? Oh, I don't even think it's a question. It's Dexter yeah. Lawrence right now. It's, Dexter it's not even a question at this point. Yeah, it's it shouldn't so, even be up for debate almost it's it's that extreme with the way he's playing at his age the impact that he's having as a pass rusher the the still ceiling that he has over Leonard Williams it's it's definitely Dexter Lawrence and I know a lot of giant fans are talking about it Nick but I'm probably going to be in the camp of not wanting to further push back and restructure and re-sign Leonard Williams I think I don't want to continue to you know push kick the can, I guess you can say. And, and, and as some would say, like some people have been like, yeah, let's resign Dexter or I'm sorry, Leonard Williams, an even longer contract. So we can free up more cap room next year with his, you know, arbitrage of a, of a cap situation for 2023. I mean, again, I think he's the third or fourth highest paid non quarterback in the NFL, but I'm kind of out of that camp, man. I think I'm preferring instead to resign Dexter Lawrence to a long-term deal with a lot of cap put there. Cause he's going to earn, he's earned it. And he's going to, at this point, he's going to get it and ask for it. And just get out of that Williams deal as fast as they can. And that's not to say it's a knock on Williams. I'm I'm fine with Williams at a certain price point. I'm not fine with him at the price point that's going to be for 2023. But part of that was just Dave Gettleman's crap. And it's fine. That's been the past. But I don't want to extend that contract and then have like so much ridiculous amount of cap space tied to both Williams and Lawrence. It's very hard for me to envision a, a winning roster where you have like 50 to 55 million between those two. Um, but if it, if it means, you know, Resigning Dexter Lawrence, well, then I prefer to not do what some have suggested, which is extend Williams, further kick back that cap it to, to later, way later, and then have to worry about it later on type of thing. It's, but yeah, just, it's, I feel like it's simply put too, man. Like Leonard Williams is a, I think, a good player. I think he's a very player. good football yeah. player. Very good football player. I think Dexter Lawrence has top three at his position yeah. type of upside right now. And if you said Maybe right now that Dexter Lawrence is like the third highest paid non-quarterback next year, you'd be like, it's a little high, but the way he's playing right now, 
you could kind of be like, nah, you know what? I can make a case for that, right? Like, you'd be like, he's playing so damn good on such a consistent basis. And for a lot of these games, he played like 94% of the snaps, Dexter Lawrence, that you could be like, all right, next year, 2023, Dexter Lawrence is the third highest paid non-quarterback. Maybe a little too much, but I could make a case for sixth highest non-paid or 10th highest paid, whatever. But Leonard Williams to me right now is just not in that range. So I don't want to further kick back that cap hit and have to worry about like later years where that's the case. It's not even close to being in that range, too. No, Again, not. not a knock on Leonard Williams, but you got to nope. list people. Like, we're talking about players. We're not even just defensive linemen. We're talking about right. all Any, the players yeah. that aren't a quarterback. Right. Think about Tackles, that. Like, wide receivers, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's Jamar Chase is the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the film and set up this third down. It's going to be a third and four, and we're going to see, I believe, in some good pass rush. Finally. And how do they do it? They do an ET twist right here. And Leonard Williams comes free and just absolutely annihilates Trevor Lawrence. And I'm wondering if he gets driven to the ground here. You can't see because the camera comes off it. And maybe like Jags coaching staff complained, complained about it. And that's yeah. why the flag came out. And I actually later, put later. Both, you mean that's why the flag came out later? Because this one was. Yes, flag. of course. Yeah, yeah I know. But uh, <laughs> I put something on Twitter, Dan. It was um, discussing the ET twist here the two et twists that were run and an et twist is just an end it's going to go through the b gap occupy both the blockers and then allow the looper who is leonard right. williams to come home and on the tweet i said you know it's an et twist and i talked about it and i was like even though the giants didn't phone home they still got a lot of pressure and force an incomplete pass and nobody got it and i was upset <laughs> even though they didn't phone home they still say that again it's an et twist okay so et phone home Oh, E.T., E.T. Okay, okay. The alien. The alien E.T. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, it's, yeah. I went really, over my head, too. It's so stupid, really I, silly. I, I, but... I stand with Giants Twitter because that went over my head as well. <laughs> but we'll go to this next. Oh, yeah. I, I totally. <laughs> e. I totally get like, it. This is actually the same. Time, dude. E.T. was it like I was like we were like four years old when E.T. came out. I feel like. And I want to bring this up. So I hear you and Adam Azer on, on the CBS Fantasy Podcast. Whenever you guys talk about movies and stuff, I feel like Adam, he's like, what, maybe a decade older than we are? Possibly. No, he's not, not even. I think he's, yeah, he's not that. He's like four or five years. I feel like he's so much older, though. With some <laughs> he's, of his yeah, he's, agreed, agreed. he's an old soul. <laughs> some, of, some of these guys' references, and some of the, it's like from movies from like the 80s and like the late 70s when I like know. we weren't even around yet. Shout out Adam Mazer. That's who Nick's talking about it for the CBS Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. Fantasy Football Today host. Um, I'm on three of those shows if you guys want to check it out. Uh, definitely a fun podcast, a good podcast. But we're getting back into this here. This is a 12-play, 60-yard drive. Yeah, let me get let me get to that. This, I was just showing no the play again. So now we have Start. the 12-play drive. Yeah, actually a good play by Crowder on this one. Yeah, let's Hold get to, to the, the end zone copy. Game. You can see Kayvon Thibodeau, too, does a really good job absorbing that contact there and just keeping the rushing lane narrow. I thought this was probably Tay Crowder's best play. You can see how he avoids Evan Ingram. He puts Evan Ingram, makes Evan Ingram look silly. Evan Ingram goes to climb and block, gets a free release, and then Tay Crowder undercuts him and then just positions himself right in the gap. The thing is, though, and Tay Crowder will do this, Dan. He'll make these nice plays and put himself in a good position, which he does not do that often. But even when he does, he doesn't even yeah, make the tackle Yep. He doesn't finish, yeah. man. So it's like, oh, geez. Tay Crowder is not a good tackler. Like, he doesn't finish his tackle. He's not a form tackler. He has a lot of trouble when it comes to finishing from a tackling standpoint. As just he leads the league player. in missed in tackles, tackles right now at, yeah, the linebacker, at the linebacker position. Yes. No, it, it doesn't does surprise, surprise us at all. Either. 
the, the stars need to align perfectly for Tay Crowder to make like a huge impact play. Other than the Chicago game, like yeah, you need to be in position. Like, it's it's frustrating, dude. It is. Yep, it is. Now we get a second and seven after this. The Giants try a little bit of cover three match. Um, but again, as we saw a lot in this game, the Jaguars did a good job to kind of manipulate this specific coverage the Giants ran. And then they get a 14-yard gain here to Zay Jones. Zay Jones just runs a little drag route outside. He blocks, and then he just releases. And there's no one to cover him right here because Evan Ingram clears out Tay Crowder. This is really good design, though. Look at what Jalen Smith is forced to do here. You know, here's he, what he's he loses either way here. He either takes Travis Etienne leaking to the flat, or he comes with Zay Jones. And either way, it's a loss. Yeah, Jalen Smith. It, it, like we ragged on him all game. But there's really nothing he can do here. This was just a really good play call yep. against the Giants. This is an ends up going for chess match, 14 yards. Victory, Doug Peterson on this chess match battle. Hit a lot of victories in this game. If I'm going to be honest, against Wink. Now we have a first and twenty after a Cam Robinson, I believe, holding penalty. Yep. Nice PBU, but again, like, dude, the Giants are getting them into a second and twenty. How many of these got of these second and ridiculously long situations are the Jaguars going to then turn into conversions? It's just wild how much they struggled to get off the field after putting them so far behind the sticks on, in three separate possessions. Now this is the third of those three, um, and and they're on the second and twenty. The Jaguars, you'll see after display, the Jaguars do a good job of just picking up twelve yards. Yeah, the second or the, the first play, the one that we just went over, was a mesh concept that was knocked down by Nick Williams to set up this next play here. Another conversion to Christian Kirk. Yeah, and that's just an easy pitch and catch. And it's not just an easy pitch and catch. You, you see a little flash of Trevor Lawrence's arm talent, able to just kind of laser ball this out there. I mean, he cut it's difficult to defend. If you want to that. run cover three, which is what the Giants run a lot, that mm -hmm. curl flat player has a lot of room to get out there to Christian Kirk. Cause he's playing the curl first and then he works over to the flat. When you're playing off leverage, like the giants are here, the area of the field by the sideline is going to be open for any type of out route right there. And it's like you said, easy pitch and catch for solid yardage for Christian Kirk. I think it's 12 yards to set up a third. You, need, you also need a quarterback with arm talent, in my opinion, yeah. to make that throw because that's not the easiest throw outside the numbers. And he rips that thing with velocity, picks up 12 of the yards. And then here, as you obviously see on this third and eight, um, Jaguars just pick the Giants blitz so many guys here and it just doesn't get home at all. It's one of the only times too that the Giants brought some of the exotic blitzes that we've seen in previous weeks. Yep. And just Lawrence does a good job. Just this is the thing I like about Lawrence, by the way, from a pocket standpoint, Nick, that I noticed about this game. He is not fidgety in that pocket, man. He finds his landmark and he sits on that landmark. He doesn't give a crap about what's going on around him. He knows that worst case he can he can take a hit while he throws. I mean, just this is just so much. This is confidence in yourself as a quarterback, knowing you don't have to get all jittery against this blitz. You can just stay in your spot and just rip that ball. I think he also knows Zay Jones is going to come up. And one thing I'll take away from Jacksonville's offense, I understand why they like Zay Jones after watching. Me too, man. Yeah, he's a good player. Good little player. He I feel like he was always like a, a butt of a lot of jokes. Like, ah, Zay Jones, he sucks, whatever. But like after watching this film, I'm like, oh, I get it. I get why he's really I involved. I feel the same about Christian Kirk. Both of them were butt of jokes because they paid them such ridiculous amounts of money. But the Giants, you know, Giants could use both of those receivers right now, for being honest. Oh like, I'd love God. both of those guys on the team. 
Yeah, Christian Kirk won. Like, I thought he got paid a lot, but Jacksonville has the cap space to pay him. You want to get good receivers there. He was playing in Arizona where he was like the outside receiver way too much. He's a slot right. guy. He's always been a slot guy. And Cliff Kingsbury is going to cliff. So he misused him. I, I <laughs> felt like he was always a good football player, just not like record setting type of money. Good football player. Yeah, I think that's a good observation by you. And I think we saw that in this game. So that picks up a first down. It was also the before play. we go. Look, we, we saw yeah. we haven't seen one of these in a while where the Giants okay. load the line of scrimmage and then they then they drop Xavier McKinney or safety, but it's Xavier McKinney who's on the line of scrimmage to a deep middle of the field close type look right there to match any kind of or intercept, any kind of horizontal crossing routes coming from the backside. So just wanted to highlight that because we haven't seen that in a few weeks. Yep. Um, and so now first and 10 here, this is actually really nice coverage. I thought by McLeod here on a little vertical go ball here to Marvin Jones. Now it's Marvin Jones, probably at this point, one of the worst receivers on the outside separating on a deep route outside of like David Sills. But it's just a joke. No offense, David. If you hear that, I hope you didn't. But uh, no separation from Jones, but still pretty good coverage by 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 McLeod. I, I would probably, to me, Nick, chalk this up as just really a washed receiver trying to run a vertical route. I also think it's pretty good discipline by Nick McLeod. Because sure. look, right here, he's stepping back. He's and he's staying as a good snap, pre, good stance pre-snap. Just backpedal, 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 and wait for marvin jones to commit outside and then flip your hips and there's also a little bit of like a double move right there yeah where it looks like he's no, going to angle inside yeah there's look how slowly though it takes marvin jones yeah. to get into that that's what i'm talking about like he is oh, i don't disagree so long. no i know i know I, and it's fine it's good good technique for sure and i'm happy it was a good coverage play by mcleod too um here we just have a little throw to the flat the giants played pretty well set up a third and ten situation this is this is a good play by Darnay Holmes on the second yes. and ten. Fast three, he reads it. He's the he's the blitzer right here, and he adjusts his Ooh, blitzing right. path to take so that. He's away. the blitzer, adjust the blitz path. It's a very it's a really heavy play. But again, now we have a third and ten. It's like how come there been so much third and long, second and long situations where the Giants just simply can't get off the field? Here's another example: Giants can't get off the field on this third and ten. Um, you know what? I watched this play and I was thinking, Nick. Whole career with Evan Ingram. What did he do worse? <laughs> right? Hands at the catch point. Of what course. is this, dude? This looks like a natural receiver with his hands at the catch point. He uses his hands out there. He attacks away from his body with his two hands. He doesn't chop at it. It's like, this is like, what the fuck? What? Did they teach him in one offseason how to catch a football? And he also adjusts his body, which is something that he's always right? sucked at doing. Yeah. Catch away from your frame with two hands. Don't chop the ball. Adjust your body. All things that he stunk at doing with the Giants for four years or whatever it was. Five, I think it was. And because they picked up the rookie option, pretty sure. And then on did, display yeah. here, like he would drop this ball with the Giants, in my opinion. I've seen, <laughs> but I, I really do. He has to adjust his body and then catch away from his frame with his hands. And he would probably drop this ball with the Giants. Instead, this third and 10 is converted. I believe this is the play he waved after converting because think as if the game was over with like 1259 to go. Yeah, not a smart move by Evan. Maybe his family was in the stands. Who knows? But I, I, I want to in the stands. Yeah, I want to bring up this this route con concept because it's simple. But the Giants are running a lot of man coverage. They run two man under here, so you have two guys taking deep half responsibilities, man coverage underneath. And I just love the release, and I just love how simple it is, man. Evan Ingram just releases outside as the number one wide receiver who's on the line of scrimmage in a stack. And I th think Doug Peterson does a great job operating his receivers out of stacks and attacking man coverage. And he just runs through the outside shoulder of Dane Belton. And then you have Zay Jones kind of release inside, which is going to force Nick McLeod to flow over the top of the traffic in front of him. But instead 
they just both run out. Like, how is the Giants going to make a play on Zay Jones at the football where to go to Zay Jones here? It goes to Evan Ingram because Evan Ingram pushes Dane Belton off. Should have been OPI, in my opinion. You can see that's like a full extension right there if you're looking on the YouTube. But Nick McLeod can't make a play through the catch point on Zay Jones right here. Like, this is just a really good route concept right. against this coverage. Well said. Doug Peterson, man. I got a lot of respect for him after this game. I, I mean, I already did, but he calls a really good game and he's given them an opportunity. So then I would say that he, all... sc he screws up though. Like he's, he's straight away yeah. from the run pretty heavily and, and the giants You're couldn't right. stop the run for shit in this game. So the giants never proved they could stop those outside runs and he still went away from the great point. And that is probably a mistake on his end though. In my opinion, they didn't really do too much to stop the pass either. Uh, so it's, uh, it is what it is, but I think you're right. You have to stop the run or prove you can stop the run here. And now Jacksonville consistently converts these third and longs, these second and longs. Giants are not playing the most disciplined defense. And then we have this first and 10 four-yard rush by Travis Etienne, where Kayvon Thibodeau gets clotheslined by Luke Fortner. I think Kayvon does a good job eliminating Luke Fortner here. Luke Fortner is a center who's pulling on like a halfback stretch type of play. But look at Kayvon Thibodeau right there, and then he just gets clotheslined and tossed to the ground. Yep. Not ideal. <laughs> you don't want to no, see Jalen Smith. Is that a personal foul potentially or no? Nah, I guess that can't be a personal foul. Could it be a holding? I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm honestly not sure. All I know is it looks like a wrestling move. It does look like a wrestling move from Fortner. But four-yard gain to set up second and six. End around off of play fake to Christian Kirk. And this is the play that is one of the critical plays in the game, in my opinion, because this sets up. This is a like I said, a, a second and six. It's a five yard gain by Christian Kirk, and Nick McLeod ends up chasing Christian Kirk around from the backside to make this tackle along with Julian Love, which set up the third and one and fourth and one, where the Giants end up forcing the turnover on downs. But as you mentioned earlier, Nick, this is a, another example of a really bad path by a Jaguars runner here because. If Christian Kirk just takes this to the edge, he's easily going to win that to the sideline here. And he's going to, like, McLeod Look, is not going to be able to get there in time. No, not even close, man. I get you have a lead blocker in space with Nick McLeod coming and then another lead blocker taking Darnay Holmes. But Darnay Holmes can't get outside. Just get to the first down, right. Christian Kirk. Why are you trying to cut this back up inside? Great job by Nick McLeod, who doesn't necessarily make the tackle, but he forces Christian Kirk to jump. And then that Christian Kirk ends up falling. And honestly, man, I think Christian Kirk got the first down. Yeah, it's I a think bad he... spot. It's a really bad spot. We got lucky Look, on this spot. Knee his his there, knee... the ball, the knee, when the knee hits the ground there, the ball's already. It could be at the at one the inch line. It yeah. could be at the one inch line. So that's possible. But man, another another play where where the Jacksonville Jags ball carrier just doesn't do that great of a job. Excellent individual effort by Nick McLeod. I'm wondering why there isn't some sort of contingency where the Giants could push this, though, right at the snap when Christian Kirk does the end around. Like, why does Nick McLeod have to chase him down all the way from the other side? Right. Like, there, is there no other way to get somebody else, like either Xavier McKinney, to come down with a better angle and then Nick McLeod take the deep middle of the field close? Like, is that in the playbook? I don't know. But either way, it's, uh, it's, there's I don't want to no say lucky play, either. but there's no contain on the right side of the defensive line either. Like, there's no one to contain. Yeah, let's see. Let's see really exactly why. Setup. Yeah, the Giants end up just getting sealed off inside. And yep. this is another one of those like peel back type blocks by Dan Arnold where they act like they're going in one direction and then they spin 
And you can see how the Giants defenders all kind of don't expect him to run outside. Very nice play design by the Jacksonville Jags, but sets up a third and one, and we'll see some pretty good discipline right here from Quincy Roche, who played two snaps for the New York Giants. And a terrible, I don't even think this is a read by Travis Etienne. So it's split back, third and one, Dexter Lawrence over the nose, Travis Etienne in the wildcat. And look at Travis Etienne. He's not reading Quincy Roche here. Even though Quincy Roche would be the read defender in the zone read, he doesn't read him. Like Travis Etienne's eyes never go to Quincy Roche, I don't think. They go to the right. Yeah. They go to the right, and Quincy Roche just does such a good job kind of stopping right at the mesh point and then exploding into Travis Etienne to make this tackle, him and Tay Crowder, and that stops Etienne from getting the first down, the force, this fourth and one. Two plays for Quincy Roche, and this is a really big one, a really nice discipline play. He shows burst out of his break there from a stagnant position, so got to applaud Quincy Roche whenever he sees the field and he's able to make an impact play like this. Yeah, that could lead to more snaps for him as well. And here comes the fourth and one stop right after it. They try quarterback sneak here. Uh, Giants load up the line, get really good penetration, and force T Trevor Lawrence basically back inside. And not the smartest play call here. I get that you had a couple quarterback sneaks for touchdowns last week against the Colts, but the Giants have so many guys on the line of scrimmage. The quarterback sneak didn't work for you on the goal line on the first try, so the Giants already played it well, and then it took Trevor Lawrence jumping over the pile to get the touchdown. So I don't really love this play call. I get that he's 6'6", but didn't end up working, man. Yep. And so now we move to a three-play, five-yard drive once the Giants have taken the lead to 2017. This was a huge momentum drive for the Giants here to get a quick three and out after taking that lead uh, with the go-ahead touchdown. And we'll see three plays on this drive. A couple really good plays by Dory Jackson, I thought, on this to close out the drive two straight in a row. Um, and a nice little pressure on this first play that kind of forced, and they were back in first and 15 after a false start, but it forced an earlier throw than Trevor Lawrence wanted to make. And as you can see from this angle, if this pressure wasn't there, Lawrence hits an open receiver here because the coverage wasn't exactly ideal here. Um, and yeah, just rolling it through. Looks like Lawrence forced to throw a little earlier while getting hit, and he just misses Kirk. This is a good blitz adjustment by Tay Crowder, who looks like he's going to attempt to loop through the B gap and then just, or the opposite A gap. And then he undercuts into this A gap because the guard was initially engaged with Dexter Lawrence. See how Dexter Lawrence releases, engages Brendan Sheriff. And now that A gap is open since the center is occupied by Leonard Williams. You can see how Tay Crowder just explodes right through it to get pressure right in the face of Trevor Lawrence, while Kayvon Thibodeau just does a great job using the rip move to win outside. If we look at it from the sideline angle, Darnay Holmes beat a little bit by Christian Kirk. This could have been a big play, but we'll see what exactly happens. Three by one set. You got two intermediate crossers, and then you have what looks like it's going to be a horizontal crossing route that is broken off at the middle of the field to go back outside. And Christian Kirk does a great job creating separation on Darnay Holmes and is wide open here away from the safety. So that's a really good route by Christian Kirk. Just couldn't be completed. Yep, and then on the second and 15 here, I actually thought Adoree Jackson did a really good job to kind of break on this and prevent any possible yak here. Really drives down on that, pushes the receiver back, and it's a key spot too because it sets up a third and five situation when it could have been potential for the receiver there to create more yak. Yeah, Adoree Jackson, man, he has one heck of a game, which we're going to see a lot from here on out. Here's one of the plays. Yeah, Adoree Jackson. 
It's a third and five play. Jacksonville motions into a stack. Adoree Jackson follows Evan Ingram. And look at how patient Adoree Jackson is. It's a whip route underneath by Evan Ingram. You have two inside breaking routes, and Adoree Jackson just maintains his distance, stays spry, stays square to Evan Ingram. Then once Evan Ingram commits inside, he breaks on a great angle where the catch point would be. But then look at that body control to react. The reactive quickness of this player is absolutely insane. And then he works through the catch point. That is just a phenomenal play by Adoree Jackson. You want to talk about a signing in free agency that is actually paying off by Dave Gettleman? It's Adoree Jackson because he's living up to every bit of that contract that he received. Yeah, well said. And in my mind, this is kind of where Evan Ingram struggles as a route runner and as an athlete, these 90-degree cuts here. To me, this is a really poorly run whip route um, by Ingram. And I think you can see it as you're watching the tape. It is great coverage. Don't don't get me wrong. But that's not a good route. No, it's just so slow for him to... Yep. get out of that break. Like, like obviously Wando Robinson is going to be able to one, run this route so much quicker than Evan yes. freaking Ingram, but watching players like Wando Robinson or even Christian Kirk, their wide receivers, I get it, but they're so much quicker. Like there is a full almost stop right here. Like Evan Ingram's going into his break. Now watch how long it takes Evan Ingram to flow back outside. Like that's a and while. Right always there. had trouble with these kinds of cuts. Always. It's just not, a not thing, who he is as an athlete. Yep. And so now we get to the final drive here. It's a nine, it's a 10 play, 74 yard drive, another 70 plus yard drive here um, in a minute, a minute seven, seconds. seven yeah. seconds. They really, and again, a lot of it came on the big 28 yard chunk to Marvin Jones on that fourth and 15. Um, you obviously have the interception by the Giants that was overturned by penalty, the forced fumble sack by Dexter Lawrence that was overturned by penalty. So a lot of unfortunate things. The drive lasted forever. Watching it live, it felt like you know we were going to pull our hair out. It felt like it was going to have a heart attack watching this drive. Never ended. But in the end, the Giants finally make that play, as you guys all know, to stop them from one yard from in the end zone. So we'll run through these ones. Love Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence has been doing this since his rookie season. He is so smart. Whenever an offensive lineman disengages from Dexter Lawrence. He's like, okay, this is a screen and watch. He just gets right to a Travis ETN and just harasses ETN. But the throw never really gets to ETN because there's some pressure on Trevor Lawrence, even though it's not that much. I think Trevor Lawrence might've panicked when Landon Collins and, and Dexter Lawrence went back off to get lane, right. ETN. Yeah. So damn, that's dude, all just, he's making course, impacts in the throwing coverage. lane. I know, man. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> get in that throwing lane. Yep. That's a great point by you because that, that screen can get there otherwise. And we've seen earlier the Giants were not great covering the screen pass. And there's a Dory Jackson making a or is this Fabian Moreau? I think it's no, Jackson. Dory. Yeah, Dory Jackson here. Again, man, you have this bunch stack or this bunch formation reduced. Dory Jackson is off. Dory Jackson is going to take the receiver going inside, flows over the top of all the traffic and just plays right through the catch point. Just a freaking phenomenal athletic play from a Dory Jackson who looks so smooth and so cool and collected. Yep. You know that that's exactly what he is here. Um, we've got a third and 10 situation here where the Jaguars call a little bit of an alert pre-snap, as you can see with the motion from Lawrence, the receiver, um, and then the throw to the outside just for an easy pitch and catch. Now, it's made look easy, but to me, this is, it takes a certain type of quarterback to be able to make this rip on the money with that kind of velocity with a man bearing down on him right in his face. Yeah, so you're going to see, I think, another play like this soon enough. And the Giants, they're running a man coverage type of concept, but they're essentially running a trap coverage to the one receiver side. It's a three-by-one set. Watch Adoree Jackson right here. Adoree Jackson is going to release inside, 
And then once he gets to the sticks, he peers his eyes over to Christian Kirk. He knows at this point of the game, this is when you run trap coverage, there's 107 left at the start of this drive. So where is the football primarily going to go since Jacksonville has no timeouts towards the sidelines? So I love that Wink Martindale was calling these trap coverages here. You can see at the sticks, he flashes his eyes at the third and 10 at the number two. And ideally, Adoree Jackson will come off of this and then intercept the pass because Trevor Lawrence thinks he's going to carry number uh, 11, Marvin Jones, up the field. But that's obviously not what happens. The throw ends up getting to Christian Kirk and it doesn't work, but that's a trap coverage right there. And you can also tell that by the rotation of the safety. Look at the safety of the snap. Julian Love gets all the way outside to work over the top of 11, just in case Adoree Jackson peels a little bit earlier. Yep. Well said by you. Well broken down. Uh, then we got the, um, this was a after the penalty for the, the hands to the face where it took away the interception. We don't know what, what, what actually happened there. Um, so we lead to this first and 10 situation. Hey Dan, uh, what does this look cover. like? Yeah. It's the same exact thing we just broke down, only with yep. Fabian Morell at the top of the screen. Watch Fabian Morell. He releases. He's in trail technique right here. He's not beat off the line of scrimmage by some ridiculous release. He's playing trail technique. Julian Love is going to play over the top, cloud over the top, and then he knows there's going to be an out route from the number two. Fabian Moreau, right before the sticks, what does he do? He flashes his eyes on the number two, and then he sits. And this one could have possibly have been intercepted. Fabian Moreau does a great job getting his hands through the catch point to force an incomplete pass on Christian Kirk. That's two trap coverages in a row where the Giants are playing to the situation. Yep, well said. Um, then there's a 6-10, and 10, great play here again by, or I'm sorry, 2nd and 10, good play by Moreau here as well on a little dig route. It's good coverage, but we brought this up a little bit earlier. Look at Fabian Moreau. Where is his hips oriented? Directly at the sideline. And he has the fluidity and the trust and the confidence in his body control because Trevor Lawrence is going to see this and be like, oh, the dig is going to be open if my receiver wins inside. Baby Moreau has the body control to completely flip his hips right there, reorient his body, and then just stay in phase. And this is on Marvin Jones, so not the most spry receiver, but that's still a very athletic play by Fabian Moreau. And you could tell that they're trusting the fact that they're so fluid in man coverage that they could flip their hips and still protect the inside, even though they're playing to the outside. Yep. And then a third and 15 situation here where the giants actually catch a break because the Gi the Jaguars run a little trick play with a double pass from Kirk to ETN. And it's the bad pass from Kirk and ETN slips. If ETN doesn't slip coming back out of that and the pass is maybe more. On I think the pass is actually probably fine. The pass is fine. Him yeah, slipping, Kirk trying to get back up. Look at all that space. There's nothing but green grass and blockers ahead with one of the fastest players in the field, Travis Etienne. Now, Landon Collins is making a play back toward it. Maybe he can make a play on this. You have a safety coming back down, or it looks like a, maybe a Dory Jackson rotating back down. But I don't know, man. This could have been a game-changing play here from Etienne. This is such a good play call by this really Jags is, coaching way, staff. Yeah. And honestly, Travis Etienne just getting benched basically by the turf monster right here probably earned the giants the victory because i think this could have went for six with the explosiveness and playmaking ability of travis etn although his vision isn't all that all there but this is just a throwback where etn is wide open man and if you look on the screen right now who is even in the area once he were to catch the football say he catches it right here he's gonna outrun landon collins and you just have a dory jackson with three jags blockers that right. could have been terrible for the giants another break right there for the team 
And I hope that Mike Kafka and Brian Day will look at that play and, and pull that out for themselves. That's a that's one of the best design plays of the of this entire film. And maybe I've seen all season, to be completely honest. I mean, you don't see plays designed like that where there's just basically a pure touchdown from 60 yards away design. I mean, it's going to be, like you said, Landon Collins ain't making it back, most likely. Maybe Adoree makes a play on it. Maybe, probably not. So they got lucky, slipped there. It was also the... The deep crossing route that just took away the safety too. Like the, the crossing route went went right at the safety and it took away that play side defender. So excellent play, but luckily it was not converted. And here's the play that is converted for 28 yards on fourth down. Insane. Great throw by Trevor Lawrence. And also this is the roughing the passer on Leonard Williams. Yeah, I mean, this is just Arm talent at its finest, boys and girls. Look at this freaking throw from Trevor Lawrence. That's just absolutely insane with a pressure coming back down on his face. He has to slide subtly back, backpedal to get into a spot where he can throw from because if he doesn't, he doesn't even have that ability to throw. He won't be able to get that off. Take that little subtle step back and then just drops it right over 37. 37 almost gets his hand on it. And the Giants yep. run that ET twist here. And, it, you know, he phoned home. It's just no one answered. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Et was someone answered, and it was a go to jail card for playing Monopoly <laughs> because it was another fifteen yard penalty. Monopoly on one of the worst. Low key, by the way, Nick. Monopoly is <laughs> one of the crappiest games out there. Every single Monopoly game ends exactly the same. One person happy, everyone else miserable. Everyone else just waiting for the game to be over. Pure misery. Even the happy person by that point who's like collecting taxes and all that crap, not even that happy. It's just mostly bored. It's what a horrific game. Like, I respect that it was like, you know, it came out early. It was generational at its time. But trying to play Monopoly in 2022, there's so many better games to play. I think there are a lot of better games to play. Catan being one of them. And it's, I I, I can, I played it during the pandemic, you know, with roommates and stuff like that. But uh, I haven't played it in a while. And I preferred other games. Yeah. Just a random take about Monopoly in the middle of this game. Uh, they convert that, and then there's three more plays in this game. Uh, the first and ten, uh, where Jackson has really great coverage here on an island, so we can run that one. We also have what drop eight. Wink Martindale is known for bringing pressure, ladies and gentlemen. But on these next three plays, this one included, he drops eight into coverage with eight defensive backs on the field. So you just have three guys rushing. It's Kayvon Thibodeau, Leonard Williams. And Tamon Fox, a lot of lot of praise to Tamon Fox earning valuable snaps and Adore Jackson, man, just insane play on the football to get underneath Zay Jones and force his hand into the catch point. Yep. And again, and empty formation. Game. Empty formation plays right into the Giants' hands, right? Giants have speed on the field. They send three, they drop eight. Fabian Moreau, solid coverage, a little bit of a tug. I think it's fine, though, and the ball's not catchable by Trevor Lawrence, which sets up this final play that, sure, if you're a Giant fan, you know full well. Yeah, you've seen it countless times. We'll show it to you one more time here. Lawrence, quick with the release, rips that thing in there, but the Giants rally to the ball and hold him from getting into the end zone. <laughs> and Fabian Moreau, Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, Colin. I mean... Landon Collins late. I mean, Landon Collins for a second. They're like, what is he doing here? Like, he's uh, like, yeah. hey, what's going on? I do. Oh yeah. I should probably get in on this tackle. Uh, I'm yeah, not really hundred percent certain what Landon uh, Collins was doing at that point. Christian Kirk though. And I think Julian love talked about this after the game might've been Julian love. He's the number one receiver here. And I think the giant kind of gave the giants a tip that the ball was going to go to him. Like he was only the number one receiver on the outside. I 
feel like a few times and every time there was some sort of wrinkle to the play, especially when the team was in empty. If there's a chance for Christian Kirk to be in the slot, Doug Peterson's going to put him in the slot because that's where he's best utilized. But right here, it's just a clear out from the number two and then dig the giants just play it really, really well. And like we said on another podcast, Dan, just like the super bowl with the Rams and the Titans down on the one yard line, but they can't get in. So luckily the giants are the Rams in this situation. Okay, Nick, let's do some superlatives. Let's start with unheralded player of the game for you. Unheralded player of the game. I will go with, let's say, Fabian Moreau, who I don't believe had the best game, but he came up with some huge plays. I don't even know if he's unheralded because I feel like a lot more people are talking about him, so I'll get your opinion on that, and I'll throw a second guy out there. And it's Tamon Fox would be the second guy, just in case Fabian is a little bit too aggressive of a pick. I was between, well, I don't think, I think you can say Moreau if you want to. I was between Fox, who you said, so I won't say, and I'll go with the other guy, Nick McLeod. Like you said, that ability to kind of chase down that play. And again, it was a bad path by Christian Kirk, but if he doesn't make that stop there, the game is very different to me because they're probably scoring points on that drive and it changes everything. So I'll go with McLeod. How about the highest effort player that you saw on film? highest effort player could be Nick McLeod. It could be Julian Love. It could be really anybody because this team, like their run fits were gross, but effort is never an issue issue. with this football team. But I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau because he chased down, I think he had three plays where he chased down guys in a ridiculous manner. Like we didn't even bring up on the Travis Etienne run because it was such an impressive run by Travis Etienne that the tackle was made by Kayvon Thibodeau. So I'm going to go across the form. Yeah. It was like the Justin Tuck preseason play against the Chargers. He came across from the other side of the field. So he was my pick as well. Kayvon Thibodeau, he would have won it for that play alone, but he had other ones. We talked about the earlier play against a Jones as well, uh, where Jones took a bad pass. So there were multiple plays where he ran down guys. It was definitely Kayvon Thibodeau for me. How about the best player overall on film for you? Dory Jackson, hands down for me. I think Dexter Lawrence could be in the conversation, but Dory Jackson is really just proving himself as a number one cornerback in this league, and it's pretty consistent, that drumbeat, as you like to say, all season, and it carries over from last season where I feel like he was one of the more underrated quarterbacks in football, but right now he's playing phenomenal. Yeah, I don't think that could this can be given out to anyone but two players, in my mind, and those two players are the ones you mentioned, Dory Jackson and Dexter Lawrence. It's close for me. I'm actually going to go Dexter Lawrence in this one. I just think he had a little bit of a tougher task. He was double teamed a lot in this game, more than I'm used to. Um, and he made some really great plays in the run, some really good pass rushes, even though some were called for penalties that I don't really subscribe to those calls by the refs. So Dory also made some great plays for sure. Um, it's close, but I'll go with Lawrence. Do you have a best play call from Wink in this one? This is one I struggled with. I think just using the ET twists to get some sort of pressure because they didn't bring a lot of pressure. They didn't blitz all that often. They, they seemed very out of sort like this by far, like we said, was the worst game that I've watched since Wink Martindale was the defensive coordinator on defense. I think it's by far. I don't even think it's a question. And that includes the Dallas game where they weren't all that great either. So I'm going to go with just the fact that they went to the ET twist twice and both times they got pressure or a hit on the quarterbacks. Just one was flagged for a stupid roughing the passer. Yeah, I mean, I'll default to that, too. There wasn't much to like, in my opinion, from a play call standpoint. It wasn't anything that stood out. So I'll go with that as well, to be honest with you, Nick. How about we'll wrap it up here with uh, pass rush grade 1 to 10? Pass rush grade 1 to 10? No. Let's go with a 2.1. It wasn't good. I'm going to go 1.4. 
Um, a couple good T stunts, like you mentioned, not enough to really sway anything for me. Um, I think I Dex had a couple pressures. Dex had a couple Dex. pressures. Kayvon had yeah. a couple pressures. But yeah. overall, just insane number of clean pockets there for Trevor Lawrence. Um, and Great. again, it's a not it's not a good pass blocking Jags line. That's the problem for me. It's not like they went up against some stonewalling line that's going to like give them trouble. This is a mid- middling at best offensive line. So to get that amount of pressure against that kind of or that you know little amount of pressure against that kind of line, I'll go one four. Run defense. What do you got there? Point four. And that's our first time, I think, on the big Never blue band. Below one. You know what? I don't even know if that's fair, though. Is, <laughs> the, is it fair for that, Dan? Because they were horrendous, but it's only in one manner. It's not like they're getting bullied or pushed off at the line. Right. Of scrimmage. They're not losing at the line of scrimmage. So because of that, I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to go with the 1.8. They're not running in the A-gap. It's not like Dexter Lawrence is getting dominated right. or even the edge rushers are getting dominated. So linebackers have no clue where they have to be. The edge rushers are a little bit undisciplined. When they have to play contain, they seem to slip inside, which forces somebody else to contain, and then they're not there. And then the miscommunications were horrendous. So, geez, I'm bouncing back and forth in my mind, but I guess I'll just go with that 1.8 just because it's not like they were getting owned at the point of attack, at least. It's just they were horrendously bad with their run fits. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go 0.8 because – while they weren't really getting pushed around, mauled, or owned to the point of attack, the Jaguars didn't really even have to try to do that too much. That's the problem. Like the Jaguars, yeah. it's not like the Giants were great against the run up the middle. It's the Jaguars didn't even really try to do too much of that. So they did what was would would work in the run game, and it kept working over and over and over again. So I can't go above one. It has to be a point eight. Unfortunately, this is the this is the film. You know, we're we're just gonna call it like we see it. We don't sugarcoat things here. We don't. We're not the podcast that like does an hour on Dan Rolofsky's comments about the Daniel Jones and if it's fair or not. I saw that all over Twitter today. You know, it's like the biggest yeah, topic man. on Giants Twitter, Dan Rolofsky. I'm like, who the fuck, who the F cares about Dan Rolofsky's comments about the Giants? So like, I mean, we're not going to, we're not, we're just calling it like we see it. This was bad tape from the Giants defense. We hope it changes. They, they are going to look at this crap all week. Like, dude, trust me, Wake Martindale in the meeting room with these guys and himself, he's probably asking like, what happened? Because, Nobody wants to have four, five drives total of 70 plus yards or four drives total of 70 plus yards and just no real stops outside of a lucky fumble and a stupid, a stupid decision by the, you know, by Christian Kirk to not go to the sideline there to, to lead to that fourth and one miss. So it is what it is. The Giants defense didn't have her best game, but they'll go back to the drawing board. And, and somehow, somehow, Nick, despite having such a bad game on film, they let up just 17 points. So just just crazy stuff from that standpoint, I would say. But um, that's all we have for today on the Defensive Film Podcast Breakdown. Keep it locked and loaded. We have a special guest coming for the preview podcast that I have secured that I'm really excited to get because he is one of the best minds out there, football overall, but also covers and knows the Seahawks better than almost anyone. So we're going to preview the Seahawks game. We're going to do another mailbag as well. I'll start fielding questions for that tomorrow. I know a lot of you have been DMing questions in. I do ask and appreciate those who have DM questions already. And it's a few of you. Please try to remember to reply on that thread because sometimes I just forget to go to DMs. I'm going to try to remember, but sometimes I forget. Um, Otherwise, keep it locked and loaded. Great stuff here on Big Blue Panther. Hope you're enjoying it. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? 
What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.